If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom Save it He's a prison shaking the big week for us as we get into this week is one of those lean-in weeks where guys are going to make a move. Uh, now is the time uh, they've gotten acclimated to the environment. Um, how we go about our business uh, is really time for the, for the talents to start to show, uh, for, for, for there to be fluidity in play and, and understanding. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the locker room. He's Wolf, I'm Tunch, and uh, we have a great day ahead of us. Bob Labriola uh, is coming uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, and uh, we have uh, uh, some stuff to talk How about. How about do? Huh? We got do, don't we? Jerry Dulac on Thursday. Oh, I thought you said today. No, no, I said Thursday. No, you led me to believe today. No, I, I'm I, sorry. I told you, you, you know you're, you're abbreviating hey, your Jake, gourd. Did I tell him Thursday? He said he said he said nine twenty. Yeah, I don't this know. Morning. Yeah, I tell you, sure. <laughs> I know we got. We have labs today, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's why you confused me. Yeah. I was like, what? Why? But well, I told you that Jerry Dulac called me up yesterday, and he was wanting Thursday at nine twenty. Okay, Thursday. Yeah. You you just said nine twenty. No, I just said. Thursday. No, I think you're yeah, just yeah, misconstruing yeah. your yeah, board. You're, 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 you know, your gourd is just a little squirrely, my friend. Yeah. Your Not gourd like we is... haven't taken huge hits each. Yeah. <laughs> So what is a lean-in week? <laughs> lean in and put that head in there, baby. Yeah. <laughs> lean-in week is all about creating separation. Yeah. You know, don't be held down by that chain, baby. you yeah. got to lean in and create separation yeah. between you, the man to your left, the man to your right, the man ahead of you, the man behind you, whatever it is. Yeah. However you're running, you got to create separation. So the, the big... Um, Camp battle is at right tackle. And Zach Banner, uh, you know, uh, one, one of the things that uh, Mike Tomlin said that uh, uh, T.J. Watt is a great player and right. is a great challenge. Uh, and Zach Banner was playing uh, uh, T.J. Watt yesterday. and He had some issues. Yeah, he had some it was, issues. As I said yesterday, it was not a Banner day Yeah, as far as the pass rush went. Yeah. Run blocking now, run blocking. I'm Zach does very well. Yeah. Right now, in my mind, if you had to simplify between Chooks and Zach, Chooks is a little better pass pro. Zach's a little bit a little bit better run blocking. That's yeah, and, a simplified and, and version Chooks of it. Is, Chooks has a bad groin though. I did not know that. Other than yes. Yeah, he's got a bad uh, he's got a bad groin. And uh, what we used to refer to as a groan. Yeah, groan. Yeah, man, I got a bad groan. Yeah. Because it makes you groan. <laughs> yeah. 
That's what Tom Beasley said. Tom, yes, Tom groan. Beasley. You get, yeah. You're grown. Because yeah. you know what? When you have a bad groin, you groan. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. So um, this week. Remember, that was almost the nail in the coffin in my career before you talked me off the ledge. Yeah. After I had hurt my shoulder, cracked my rib, and then finally pulled my groin, which was a groan. Yeah. And I was still practicing. I'm like going, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> don't then, do anything until I eat dinner. Huh? Yeah, okay, I'll see you in the do, do, Go to the room. <laughs> Don't Calm do down. It. Don't do anything until I... It was I, a little high maintenance yeah, at the moment. I was yeah. having one of those moments. I wanted to disappear. And so when I asked you, okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to well, do for a living? That pretty much stumped me. <laughs> I was not quite prepared for life after football. I was kind of like in the moment, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> in the moment. Uh, so, you know... <laughs> What I remember when you asked, you looked at me and go, all right, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, I really hadn't thought that through. <laughs> I remember you looked at me shaking your head and going, yeah. okay, get off the ledge. Yeah. But, you know, let's close the window and let's just calm down. <laughs> you know, as oh, uh, um, gosh. you know, Ben and Juju didn't practice yesterday. Right, uh, because they had the Veterans Day off, and Mike Tall uh, talked about uh, the vets competing against the young guys. Right, and so the young guys are the wide receivers, and the vets uh, are the defensive secondary. Well, creating separation is part of what we talked about. All right, for instance, you got Chooks and you got Zach. Yeah. There needs to be separation created there. Am I right? Okay. Right. There's also, he's talking about the JV guys participating against varsity guys, right. creating scenarios and matchups. That's another situation where you got to create separation, the lean right. in, you know? Yeah. Uh, David DeCastro practiced yesterday. Right. Yeah, and, and it was great to see him back. It was very good to see him yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I think Zach Banner was happy that he was back. There's no question about it. A multi-time uh, All-Pro is your whoopee at the right guard. I would say Zach would be very happy with that. Yeah, and and uh, some of the the uh, you know Mike Thomas says some of these Knicks uh, that go with uh, practice and uh, you, you, it's it's part of uh, uh, their situation. Yeah, and so uh, you know lean in week. Fluidity and play, uh, it's... This is about guys starting to go from A to P to C. Yeah. You know what I mean? you got to start to make some distance between you and your competitor. You know, you've got to declare who you are, show who you are. Like, you got, you take a look at a guy like Alex Highsmith, all right? Yeah. Now, Alex has started to show, I can jump from the JV to the varsity to, right. put, to use Mike Tomlin's yeah. verbiage with this. But the guy that's got to be looking at that is Ola. Ola's looking at that, and Tuzar Skipper's going to be going, okay, now I've got to be able to show some separation and ability over this young buck. Yeah. And that's going to be where the interesting contests are going to lie in situations like that. Marcus Allen's another young guy came up, yeah. started to do some things yesterday. Right, that uh, Tom Bradley was uh, Exactly, uh, talking about he talked about him. So without running but, ahead, what yeah. I'm saying is these are the sort of judgments coaches have to start to take notice of. And to do that, you got to do something that makes the coaches notice. You know, the three rooks that are making a splash – are Alex Highsmith, uh, Chase Claypool, right. and then uh, Anthony McFarland. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think those guys are, are, are really good. And, uh, you know, what Mike Tomlin said about uh, uh, Highsmith and Claypool is that they have showed that they belong. They belong here. Absolutely. And uh, they both, uh, they're both going to be on special teams, and they're both going to play. There's no question in my mind when you see these young bucks go, um, they are taking that step from the JV to the varsity level. Uh, where their contributions will lie, I think, will vary. Uh, I look at more from – I think that uh, Chase Claypool has an opportunity – to create for himself a nice little niche with the offense, more so before Alex does with yeah. the defense. I yeah. would say that. Well, Chase has... Uh, thus far. Yeah. And again, this is a limited sample. Chase, Chase, Chase has uh, many acrobatic catches and many touchdown catches and many uh, going up for and pulling down uh, balls. This guy is Canadian catches. bacon at its best. Yeah, yeah. I kid you not. Yeah. I mean, you watch him. He toe taps. Is he, is he from British, British Columbia? Yeah. 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 He's, yeah. Uh, he's a Canuck. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and an exciting Canuck at that. Glad we got him. Yeah. You know, he was a Golden Domer. Yeah. I don't know how he went from British Columbia down to uh, the Golden Dome, but, yeah. you know, regardless, I'm glad. Right. Uh, this young man is exciting. Uh, he seems to be a pretty level-headed dude, you know, like a, a guy that's going to come along and, and be a good teammate and everything else. And so, hey, I'm excited because, you know what, he's very physical. He's not right. afraid to block. He will put his grill in another man's grill. Right. And uh, like you, you pointed out the other day, he clubs somebody sideways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a release off the line of scrimmage. He, car he cartwheeled him. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just uh, – I, I'm just impressed with Chase Claypool. I am too. Yeah. I think he's the first guy you look at and you go, how is this guy not a number one pick? Yeah. You know what I mean? How did somebody not snatch him up? Right. Um, because of his, his physical attributes, he looks like he's got really strong hands. Right. You know, I mean, Joe Hayden says, this guy's going to be a problem. Well, yeah, he's he's proven to be a problem already. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I love the Pacific Northwest, um, you know, uh, the Canadian Rockies. Have you been up there? I, I just crossed the line when we went to um, uh, when we went to Whitefish, uh, and uh, that's beautiful up yeah. there. But I was skiing up there. I yeah. wasn't climbing. Yeah, you know, I was going down the hill, not up the hill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do it down the hill. I like I like the down the hill better, you know, because then you can take the the you know the nice ski lift up the hill. See, and it's not like going up the hill yeah. with your own two feet. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I I lo I love Montana. I, it is beautiful it. Yeah. out there, is it not? Yeah, yeah. You know, on the way up to Big Mountain out of Whitefish, Jim Neighbors, I told you, Gomer Pyle's home was up there. He had a vacation home. Really? Yeah. Did you meet him? No, I didn't. I, I yeah. would like to. Hey, just go. I'm not going to try. Hi, hi, Jim. Hey. Was, I'm like a fan. Hey, Gomer. <laughs> How fast do you think they would have escorted me you know, off he's to a, Whitefish he, Jail? He's an opera singer. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He is. He's got a Gomer great Pyle was Gomer, an opera. Gomer Pyle was an opera singer. No way. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, he's got a great voice. I... I did know that he he did sing a little, but I didn't know he was an opera dude. Then he didn't have the big swole belly though. You gotta, you know, you know, like Pavarotti, man. You gotta have that, like you gotta have the pipes down there. Yeah, that's like the you know the pumping up the the wind. Have the big you know the big gullet. Yeah, like a sumo. Yeah, 
So, uh, well, let's get back to uh, um, Alex Highsmith. Oh, yeah. you're done with the opera singers, yeah, are that's you? Yeah, I'm <laughs> Okay, who are we talking about? Uh, Alex, Alex Highsmith. Highsmith. Yeah. All right. What about Alex Highsmith? Well, we saw some yesterday. Yeah. He got a little bit of heat off the pass rush, did he not? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he, he, he's relentless. Uh, you know, when when you watch him, you, you, you're – impressed with 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 his relentless nature and he he keeps getting after it getting after it see this the problem with having to be in the stands right now is that up close interaction listening to their comments when they come off a drill on the sidelines things like that i don't have a feel for like we used to yeah you know because when you're over there with the dudes and you're around uh, amongst the guys and listen to them you know what's going on in their head by the comments that they make yeah and And you don't get that feel now that's my problem right now and you know because we're not close it's hard to find a camp fino oh man yeah I mean, really, to see guys stand out, uh, this is we, we this is this is going to be difficulty. You know, I mean, doing this, we might have to have a COVID year, uh, and and do something special for it. I don't know, because right now I'm all discombobulated. I don't have a feel for um, a lot of the guys. Right, right. You know, right. I mean, again, being able to talk to them, being able to you know get up in the grill, say. Ask them a few questions, and you yeah. see their reactions. Listen to the words they speak, because the the words that they speak that just kind of slide off, it gives you an indication of where they at and what's going on. You know, right. you, you you learn that language of the player, and it, when you live it, we it, it helps. You yeah. know what I mean? So we did, and so you understand where they are mentally. And right now, it's just so difficult to really get a read, even on the. You know, because we're not close enough. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, when we're up at camp at St. Vincent, we're on the field and right and we're looking closely. We're watching the drills closely. But but, uh, you know, at uh, Heinz Field. We're up in the stands. Too far away, man. Yeah. You know, and so you lose something in the translation. You, you were staying up there. Uh, you you were way up high. Well, I had a little, little issue there. What what was your issue? Um, I lost my mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that why you didn't come down? Yeah, what was I supposed to do? I was like, oh, wow, what happened? You yeah. know, and, I, and then you said you saw it. You didn't even do nothing. Well, you know, because you were on the air. Oh, was I? Yeah. And so uh, I saw it at your feet. You know, you could have said something after I came off the air. Well, said, I said, hey, Craig, look down because your your mascus is, are down, is at your feet there, huh? I mean, thanks. Yeah. Way to dummy up. My well, goodness, man. you know, uh... I'm sorry. There's no reason that you couldn't have said when I got done, when I signed off, when they kicked me out, what have you, you'd say, you know, your mask is right down by your foot there. You might want to pick it up. Yeah. You know, because I spent the next hour and a half, two hours, like, going, where's my mask? I was trying to find it, trying to find it. Get Zooks, man. You got one now? I got backup, too. Yes. Yeah. The good lady Faith, she went out, got me a whole box of these stupid masks. Yeah. So in case I stupefy myself yet again and lose another, I have a backup. Because I got a buddy over there who saw it and didn't even say anything about it. Well, you know what? 
when I saw it. <laughs> what? You, you forgot? Yeah, in, yeah. In like 30 seconds when I, I was off? When, when you got off, I was on. <laughs> yeah, but there was a little bit of time in between. No, nah, not enough time. <laughs> not enough time. All right, we're going to take a break. What a 412-919-1316 if you want to get in on the conversation. <laughs> you know, uh, who are you expecting uh, of the rookies to be uh, 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 have an impact? You wait. I'm going to hide your mask on you. Why? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, you just dropped your mask. No. All right, we're going to take a break. I'm the Lysol king. We'll be back. <laughs> Won a lot of them, you know, but Watt won a lot of them versus Chooks as well. Watt is a handful for one man uh, on NFL playing surfaces. Uh, but what a great opportunity for those young right tackles vying for that spot. Um, you know, there's no guesswork in terms of where they are in, ter- in terms of overall global readiness. Uh, Watt is one of the very best in the business, and they get an opportunity to sharpen their short sword against it every day. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, th- there's an opportunity for Zach Banner and Chooks. Uh, but, you know, T.J. Watt goes hard all the time. Oh, he does. You know, and, and um, that's an opportunity to simulate a game because T.J. Watt goes hard every time. And he he's not uh, he doesn't let up he doesn't go half speed uh, he is uh, wants this is the sword sharpening yeah. the sword yeah iron sharpening iron yeah anything you want this is Proverbs twenty seven seventeen Keith as Willis iron and sharpen, you as iron sharpens iron so right. well meant so shall one man sharpen another and that's how you go about your business yeah you know and I I'm glad for Zach. Right. But he's also got to step up. Right. One of the things that you notice right away is his propensity to get his head involved. Yeah. He's too big. He's too strong. You got to sit. And he's one of those guys that can make position yourself so that they come through the middle of you. I, I was going to tell him to set out, not vertical set. Because when you vertical set on TJ Watt, it's not good. No, because uh, he does not keep a good kick step pace with him. Yeah. Then when he comes to that confrontational moment, when you have that physical contact, he drops his head and his feet stop. Right. When his feet stop, TJ goes to the sweep, the trap, what have you, gets your hands, but he traps and steps while he's doing it. You head, you go to headbutt and stop your feet. Now, what happens? Suddenly, TJ's got gone from in front of you, has got a one-and-a-half-step lead on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You now, know you, that's if you, set, if you set laterally to TJ – and then you can punch him in the chest. You can engage him yeah, when you want yeah, to engage yeah, yeah. him. Yeah, uh, yeah, You dictate the move. Now, the only problem with that is what? Well, I don't. The inside move. Yeah. For but guys, I, I, I know, I, but I, you have to play them from the inside out. Is what I'm saying. You. That's what you always did. Yeah, but you played them from the. For some guys, that's more of a challenge yeah, than other guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love. I short said everybody. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I, I short said Reggie. 
uh, I set right. out to Reggie because if I vertical set Reggie, I was going into quarterback's lap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus, you gave him a three-way go yeah. to the outside, inside, and through. Yeah. You know what I mean? None of us – to sit there and take on a 300-plus pounder yeah. when you're, you know, 260, 280, um, you're inviting – uh, you know, a, a, a nice disaster. Yeah, what we used to call a Nantucket sleigh ride. You know, yeah. that was back in the old days when the uh, Nantucket, uh, the, the the whalers out of Nantucket used to go and they would harpoon a whale. Yeah. And they called it the Nantucket sleigh ride because they would be in a boat and they would be towed by the whale until yeah. the whale tired out back in the 1800s. Yeah. So yeah. we would call that, the, I used to call it anyhow, laughingly, the Nantucket sleigh ride because sometimes you got driven back and it was like he ain't getting tired. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's driving me straight back and yeah. shows shows no sign of letting up. But yes, that's one of the things I think for Zach. This is great. He needs that work with T.J. Watt, just like you did with, like I said, Keith Willis, yeah, Gary Dunn, and myself. You know, those are the things the the opportunities you have to sharpen your abilities against a teammate who is going to come hard at you and give you. The best that he has. I remember one of the things I respected so much about the great Aaron Smith. What a great defensive end. He was a hard worker all the time right. in practice. Yeah. And he always brought his best. And he was always urging the offensive lineman that he played against, like Alan Fanica, who had no problem, you know, stepping up to that, right. um, to be at his best. You know, and that's how you get that great work. And right. you get better. Because if you don't get better, what? You get gone. Yeah. You know? So, you know, when uh, – uh, when Mike was uh, having his post-practice press conference, he said he was really impressed with the overall condition of his team. Uh, and uh, what I found, what precipitated that, I found interesting. Yeah. Because a reporter had asked him about the soft tissue injuries that were piling up yeah, yeah. in other teams. Yeah. And I thought to myself, Mike's answer was very copacetic with uh, how you imagine. Mike goes about his business, and of course, his ability to make sure that everybody's on the same page, everybody's, you know, in condition, doing right. their best. You know, Chuck Knoll was a single, single reason for us maintaining a true North coming into training camp. Right, because you always knew to go into camp at anything less than your best shape possible was inviting disaster and yeah. making for one of the worst months of your life. Yeah. The, the, you know what in, in training camp it was intense right so every one on one every team every inside drill every half line was intense uh and you had to you had to pick it up and absolutely you, 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 you know i think that we couldn't go half speed we you couldn't go half to. speed. You, we weren't allowed no. to because we, we what, would get embarrassed. What would you say one of the greatest, if not the greatest lesson? I, I, I can't say greatest because Coach Noel really taught us an awful lot about life off the field as well as on. But one of the greatest lessons, I'll, I'll just throw mine out at you, was how he constantly talked about will your body. Right. Now, that has served me in life like nothing else. Yes. Because everything in life comes down to basically get it done or don't. Yeah. You know, and the ability to will your body when your body's saying, I don't I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I'm too tired. I'm too hurt. I'm too whatever. Fill in the blank. Um, and Coach Noah would always say, you have to override that. And you can do right. that mentally. And 
I, I think that's just one of the greatest life lessons he has imparted to all of us. Yeah, be, because it transformed to whatever we're doing now. Uh, it transformed to whatever we're doing. Absolutely. In, you know, and, and uh, uh, Chuck, you know, when I get up early, and so I, I yes, you I, do, I, my I friend. To, yeah, I, I don't. It's not because I want to, because I. I think it's because you got like so much going on in your gourd. You can't yeah. help yourself. Yeah. You like wake up early. Yeah. Thinking, thinking, thinking. You know? Yeah. Me, on the other hand, no thoughts really roll out <laughs> for a while. Well, because I, you know, that was just too easy. I'm, I, but that's the way it because, is. Because you know, I got a radio show to do, I got a game to do, and I got a Bible study right. uh, to do. You got a lot of stuff going yeah. on. And, and by the way, my kids went back to school today. It was it was a veritable fire. Talk about a fire drill in the Wolfley household this morning. Yeah. Woo, man! Thing went off, and people are moving everywhere. Right. It's been silent. So you got up early. Oh, I've been up. I. Whenever the season starts, I get up at 5 a.m. Right. You know, I mean, you just have to. I mean, that's the I only got up at 4.10 this morning. See, I, I can't do that. I, I barely you drag know, myself out at 5. You know what? One, one thing, when I get up at 3 o'clock, I hate that. Oh, yeah. I, you know, so that's I— That's like your Abbey normal. Yeah. But 4 o'clock— um, That's almost semi-normal. Yeah, that's, you know— uh, 5 is like normal. You yeah. know what I mean? That's like a, that's a yeah. good time to— you know, and the alarm goes off, you're know, like going, oh, you got to be kidding me. It's here already. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't put an alarm on because oh, I just get up. Oh, man. I feel for you, Chalooch. Yeah. That's that's like too early. Yeah. When I get up at 2 o'clock in the morning, I can't fall asleep. Oh, no. I, I read the word. Yeah. I, I read the Psalms. and yeah. uh, uh And that you, puts did you back snack to sleep. at all? No. Maybe, you know, maybe if you snacked a little bit, too, that would like put you out, too. You know? It just... No. You know, uh, what, what's good? What calms you down? I like a little peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think we, you're supposed to eat before you go to bed. No, not before you go to bed. When you get up at like uh, 2 in the morning or 3. I think maybe something, you, your body might be saying, you know, he's been, I'm too skinny. You know, I'm, I got to get me a little more, uh, like a little more meat. You know, have yourself uh, I don't know, a little sandwich or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Meat. <laughs> I love meat, but I'm I'm not eating. You know, every day is, every day. Um, well, you go vegan, then you go fish, chicken, right? Fowl, okay, and then vegan, and then go. Now, see, I would go fowl, as in it's a fowl, for me to go vegan. Yeah, I can't, I, can't, I can't. I just can't go vegan. Yeah, I got kids. I can't do that. Yeah, anyhow. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> You, you you could go vegan and lose weight. <laughs> couldn't go vegan. I couldn't stand vegan, man. Come no, on. I can't stand it either. It's it's hard. You know, it's I mean if you if you're one on one, you got you know, it's you and, and the wife, okay, you can I can see how you work towards it. But when the kids are around and you know, you got snacks and stuff flying, it's yeah. like it ain't, it ain't gonna... So Father's Day, I had a big Delmonico steak, oh. three inches thick. Now that's the way to do it. And, and that's a Father's Day, yeah, Father's yeah, that, Day. And um, that Good was mushrooms first, and onions. That was my first steak since February. Oh, and then oh my gosh! I got up in the middle of the night. Oh, 
was hurting. Yeah, hurting. That's all right. That's but, worth it. But it that's, was worth it. That's getting up 2 a.m., 3 a.m. It's worth it for a Delmonico like that. Oh, yeah. That's I love beautiful. The, I love Delmonicos. Oh, they're just, that's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah they, they, got a lot, they got a lot of fat, a lot of marble. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I like fat in a steak. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, you don't want a skinny steak. Yeah. That you, doesn't work. Yeah. You don't want a flat iron steak. No, no. You want a, you want a marbled, well marbled steak. Yeah. <laughs> so David DeCastro. Uh, yes, David DeCastro. Yeah. I, I want to talk about David DeCastro. Yes. Yeah. Because, because David looked very good. Yeah. He looked good. You know, here's the thing about it is when you're at that level, um, Sharpening the sword is something that uh, doesn't quite take the same sort of amount of work as it did when you were younger. Yeah. You know, you remember when David was a rookie, and we, wanted, we were trying to get David on the yeah. uh, radio with us, and he said, just wait. Could you just wait until I do something? Yeah. You know, and I thought, what a fantastic answer. You know, yeah. it's got a sense of humility to it. It's got a sense of understanding where you are. And here he is some years later. Uh, really displaying the greatness that uh, you thought was possible when they drafted him. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, uh, I like David DeCastro. You know, he's great in space uh, as, a, as a pull guard, and uh, uh, he's, he uses his hands well. Uh, he's got a perfect five head. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that forehead of his, he's, he could put the log on some people. Yeah. You know, and he's smart. He's one of those guys that understands – you know the the offense and uh you know what he's a stanford guy yeah so it's like uh you gotta you know have some brains about you if you come from stanford and he right. graduated yeah so there you go yeah uh and um you know he uh his uh close friend was my cousin's son what brent yeah when would you find this out yeah i well his I, cousin yeah say it again his cousin. No, no. His friend. Oh, his friend. Was my cousin's son. His friend was Bilent. your cousin's son. Bilent. So he knows Turkish people. Yeah, he knows Turkish people. Oh, how about that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Very good. Brent, yeah. So yeah. you got a lot in common there. Yeah, yeah. Does he Does he speak any Turkish? No, he doesn't. Okay, well, Brent, I thought maybe pick some up. Brent spoke Turkish. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. But, well, because he is Turkish, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, but, but he he's not. He just knows a few words. He's Americanized Turk. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. he's not from the old country. Old country like me. <laughs> you morph into that so easily. Yeah, I can. You know, for that moment, just the way you said that was like Mehmet is sitting over yeah, there. Yeah, your dad. My dad, <laughs> and and my dad. Proclamations. Anywhere. You know, my dad spoke in proclamations. <laughs> I'm going to see Mr. Rooney. <laughs> and he, you know, he went, he went out of there. go see him. Yeah, he went again. I go in the, I'm going to see Tony. <laughs> Dad was so awesome. Yeah, man. That, that was, I remember we were out in Oakland, and he's in the front row in Oakland, yeah. Coliseum. Craig, 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 hey, come here. Craig. We're in the middle of whoops. Come here. <laughs> oh, he was fabulous, yeah, man. He was, he was. Funny. Oh, I miss I, him. I, I miss our dads. I, yeah, I miss our you know. dads too. Yeah, I, I oh, think they're, you know, they're they're in heaven together, and uh, yeah, we'll see him met. again someday. Yeah, they they probably <laughs> met. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna take a break. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Toucher in the locker room. And by the way, it's uh, 
412-919-1316. We'll be back after this. To be succinct, they're, they're proving that they belong. Um, you know, both guys have kind of distinguished themselves in some JV competition, if you will. Over the course of this camp process, they've got more opportunity against known veteran guys. And really, they don't appear to be out of place in that company. So, uh, so far, so good. Uh, as they continue to prove themselves, that will increase and, and thus the growth process for those two and others. But those two you mentioned specifically are one of the ones I'm thinking about when I'm talking about guys that have had, had an opportunity to ascend and are taking advantage of it. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So that's Mike Tomlin talking about Alex Highsmith and Chase Claypool. And, uh, you know, I think they're they're great players. And I think they're going to be great players. Young and exciting yeah, dudes yeah. coming up, getting yeah. the job done. Yes. Right. There's no question about it. They've started to create that lean-in week separation, if you right. will, that Mike Tomlin has been talking about. Going from the JV to the varsity, excelling in some of those uh, scenario matchups that yeah. Mike Tomlin, you know, he, he he matches them up. Yeah, you know what I mean. He wants to see somebody, you know, Joe Hayden uh, putting it to Chase Claypool, not um, not you know somebody else, but get you, get yourself some Joe, uh, get yourself some. Uh, you know, Steve Nelson, something like that. See yeah. what happens there with them. Yeah, and and uh, Chase Claypool, he is fast. He's got a great catch radius. Uh, he uh, he has many combat catches. Yeah, uh, and uh, he runs great routes. And he's fast, and he's got great hands. But he's got height too. Yeah, and that creates a lot Six, of four. problems. For those uh, defensive backs, I mean, some of those defensive backs, you get 5'11", 6 foot. You got problems reaching up on a 6'4 guy in the corner of the end zone or on some of those back shoulder throws because right. their catch span right. or radius, as you said, is really big. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. anyhow, I you know I love it, I think. But another guy that I look forward to uh, starting to create a little separation for himself is James Washington, who showed up very well wow. yesterday. Yes. And this is a guy. He is smooth. Yeah, but how about how lean he is? Yeah. This guy is like uh, beef jerky tough. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's down from what was, as a rookie, they listed him at two and a quarter. Yeah. Last year, they said he was down around 213 or so. 214 in that neighborhood. Now he's down even lighter, you know, and you're right. like, look at him, man. He looks, he looks like uh, he's well muscled and smooth out there. He says he's, you know, he's got the hops. He feels like he's quicker. And, uh, you know, Ike Hill, you're just saying, look at one of the things we've got to do is get his, uh, you know, lateral quick twitch to match his linear stuff. Right. Because he does get down the field, he'll stack a guy. 
Uh, he's got those uh, go-go gadget arms that seems right. to keep out and you know move out and, and create a, a catch span. So yeah. I like the I like the young man. He just he really looks good. Yeah, he he's uh, I think he's going to be also a great player. You know, one of the things for Ben, he's got a lot of weapons. Woo! Deontay yes. Johnson. Uh, he's got a calf, doesn't he? he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got a little bit of a calf going yeah. on. At least it's not the hammies. Right, right. right, right? right he had right. hammy problems last year. And but. he's got Chase Claypool. Yes. And he's got Juju. And he's got James Washington. And he's got uh, Ryan Sp- uh, Switzer. Yes. And uh, Ryan is, uh, you know, he is just fast and uh, quick. We were talking about him yesterday. I mean, just to the naked eye, yeah. watching him out there. I said, I remember, I says Chalucha, I says, Am I seeing things, or does he look like he's really quicker, you yeah. know, accelerant, right. you know, quick? I mean, where, you know, it's like, um, right. he to me, he looks like he's just picked up a step and right. a half. Right, he, he has. Huh. He, told, he said he's bigger, stronger, and faster than he ever was. I like it. That's, that's right. a good. That's a good uh, prescription for a successor, my friend. All right, let's go to the phones, 412. 919-1316. Let's go to Robbie in Raleigh, North Carolina. Robbie, welcome to the locker room. Hey, guys. How are you today? Fabulous. Good. How are you holding up down there? Okay. You got any storms rolling up there, or is that more central? No, that's more central. We're pretty good down here. Thank you for asking. Okay. Well, you know what? Well, we like to make sure everybody's copacetic and good. You know what I mean? I, I appreciate that. Hey, listen, real quick, guys. Real Two quick questions. First of all, um, how hard – I'm kind of concerned a little bit. How hard is it to actually move in from tackle to guard? Um, I'm, I'm, that kind of concerns me a little bit. Is it harder to move from guard to tackle? And my second question is this, maybe back in your day. In practice, are the coaches, the position coaches, are they competitive in the scrimmages? Uh, like, you know, against the other coaches, or maybe you guys have some stories back in your day about how they were <laughs> each other. Back in, back in yeah, the when when we went one-on-ones, George Perlis and Raleigh Dodge were uh, feeding off one another. And uh, uh, Raleigh... They stoked the fire, yeah, man. That, that, that George said, how you like that, Rollo? And uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Raleigh Dodge would... would Georgie Porgy, that yeah. you know, stuffed him like stuffed a pimento like, olive. Stuffed him like a pimento <laughs> olive, yeah. and uh, I don't think the these guys, the uh, uh, position coaches, are as competitive. Uh, what you know, Raleigh and George almost got in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things where. Uh, Sometimes you just poke the bear a little too much, you know, and that was one of the instances where it started to come out. Look, I think in and today's then, then Webby went after Georgie. Oh, oh he did, right? Yeah, that, you know, this George is not my, oh yeah, in the meeting room. Uh, well, no, no, no. On the field, what happened was we, we weren't going to the playoffs. Uh, you know, it was one of the last practices of the year, and George stoked the bear, and a couple guys got a fight, and Webby went off. Webby. You have to understand Mike Webster. He was the greatest teammate, the greatest guy. Rarely got really mad, but when he did, it was volcanic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to the point where bodies started flying. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen him, Tunch has seen him, throw a 300-pound man at Chuck Knoll. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. But then then when he yelled at George – he publicly apologized. The next day, and yes, yeah. he caught up in front of the yeah. team yesterday and 
publicly apologized yeah. in front of the whole team, which I thought was magnificent and showed you the That's kind good. of man that and the kind of leader he was. Uh, as far as going from guard to tackle or tackle to guard, in my day, I believe personally, and Tunch and I go back and forth on this, it was harder run blocking at, at guard because of the trapping schemes, but it was easier pass protection. Going from guard to tackle, which I experienced, was like going from close quarter combat in a phone booth to going to having a fight out in the middle of a parking lot yeah. uh, at tackle. Right. There's just a lot of area out there. I think today it's different because everybody vertical sets, so everybody kind of sets like an offensive tackle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, it, 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 since we didn't have any preseason games, that, that kind of worried me a little bit. Right. Have, I can't think of his name moving in, and that – that's, that's Matt Filer. That's yeah. kind of shaky to me. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm here's the whole thing. He did a good job against the Rams. Yeah. Uh, you know, you bring him in against Aaron Donald, and if you can do a good job on Aaron Do- Aaron Donald and not get embarrassed, you're you're doing just fine. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? Aaron and, Donald's and, a great, and Robbie, great player. He's a natural guard. Yeah. Yeah, he's a natural okay. guard. Although I will say this, he did a dead gum fine job at tackle. tackle. Could have well been a yeah. very good NFL tackle. And still okay. may be. We don't okay. know yet. Yeah, okay. Very good. Hey, guys, listen. Thank you for taking my call. I, I love it when you guys talk about the Lord. Um, I, I, I wish I, – I coach football, and I wish my players can just listen to you guys talk about that and understand and know that it's cool – uh, to accept Jesus Christ in your life. There yeah, you go. Yeah, we, that we, a boy, Robbie. We, you know, we love Jesus. Amen. And, uh, uh, Robbie, we uh, thank you for the encouragement. And, and, Robbie, you know what it is. It, it is who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. not a, it's not a put on. It's not something yeah, you're trying to it, it, push. It's it, just who you are. Yeah, that's right. You know? I believe that. I so. believe that. Well, thank you, guys. Listen, hey, let's have a great season and go Steelers. All right, All right. Robbie. Thank ha- you, brother. Have a, have a great time. Stay you. safe down there. Yes. God All bless right. you, buddy. Amen. All right. So, and uh, talking, just finish up with James. Um, I think he he's one of these guys that can make a big move. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's one of these guys that's got that ability, again, with the ex- – Did you uh, see the catch he uh, uh, made uh, yesterday, yesterday on the sideline? he got bopped? Yeah. What, is that the one he got bopped yeah. on by Joe? Yeah. You know what? I, I expect more of that from him. You know what I mean? I, I didn't realize this. You know, he, he, he had a couple comments that I – kind of raised my eyebrows with. And, you know, uh, he, he talked about uh, the fact that, that he didn't want to put any more pressure on himself and that he felt a lot of pressure his rookie year. And I just realized, you know, not everybody handles that situation the same. Right. You know, that he didn't want to create more pressure for himself. And I, I remember thinking to myself, back in my day, it, you know, that – in our day, yeah, you 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 put a lot of pressure on yourself. Right. You, you you wanted to rise to the heights of those around you, and it was just interesting to me how he kind of commented about the fact he didn't want to do that. That he wanted to, you know, that he felt maybe overwhelmed a bit his rookie year. Right. You know, so uh, just it was just interesting to me. It's not good, bad, or indifferent. It's just right. It's who James is, and I thought it was an honest look within that he, he gave of himself. Do you remember your first start was Monday night against the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, yes, in yeah. preseason, and, third and, game preseason. Yeah, but uh, your first regular season game was Monday. Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas City. 
I think. When, no, 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 no. Was it Monday 19, night? 1981. 81 we, at we Dallas. Opened up, we opened up against oh, Dallas. Oh, and it was so hot. Yeah. Oh, my. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. Do well, how remember. nervous were you? I was scared stiff. Yeah. <laughs> I, was so, I was terrified. I, you know, how could you not be? Yeah. You know, first of all, you got the doomsday defense. You know, you got... The, the great Hall of Famer to be, Randy White, coming on your noggin. You got Sam Davis, who wired Randy yeah. in the Super Bowls, who absolutely, you know, made him human. And and you got all that pressure of, like, trying to be the guy to emulate yeah. that performance. Right. Come on. That's a lot of. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of yeah, pressure. That was, ooh, that yeah. was not good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, 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 was, it was fun. Uh, you know, one of the things that I remember – uh, we were always nervous. We weren't, you know, we weren't ever casual pregame. We weren't ever. No, you're uptight as all yeah, get out. You, 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 because why? we wanted Tell to. Tell me why. Because you don't want to give up a sack. Right. Yeah. And who who was the greatest? All right. Who gave you the most angst? All right. Number Reggie, one, Reggie White. No, 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 not amongst players. Oh, uh, amongst our own locker room. Well, you could start off with Raleigh, <laughs> then it would be Chuck. Yeah, and there was something about Chuck. His aura was was huge. Yeah, you know what I mean. When he looked at you, and you did something wrong, you yeesh. You, you know he could make you lose bladder control. <laughs> yeah, that would be it'd be a tad embarrassing. Yeah, you know, but that's the way it was. You know, you know, you know, there was a lot of pressure. Chuck was an offensive lineman. Yeah. Okay, but not to give up a sack was a big thing. You remember when we went out? We went out and got a picture. What was it? Uh, we were we had, we weren't giving up any sacks at all, and we had an offensive line picture. Yeah. And and I remember Mike Webster at the moment they took the picture before the game. They had us offensive line come out early. We took the picture, and Mike Webster said under his breath as they're taking the camera picture on Monday Night Football, he said, "You know this is the kiss of death, boys." Yeah. <laughs> Here we are out here getting our pictures taken for having the least amount of sacks given up as an offensive line, and you know it's going to end tonight because this is the kiss of death. And then when we we were playing the Miami Dolphins at the AFC Championship game, oh. he uh, Webby said uh, these are the misfits. Oh yes, we the, were the misfits. The, these are the misfit toys. The misfit toys. We were called the what the. It was the quilt. Uh, what did Howie Long call us? Uh, Patchwork quilt. Patchwork quilt. Yeah. Yes, very good. Yeah, we we had a lot. Of, but we beat we beat the Raiders. We beat them in in the we Coliseum. We smacked them. That's right. We, we crushed them. That was a that was a serious battle. Yeah, that was one of the most physical games that I remember. Uh, that that you know how some games just stand out. Yeah, that the, game I always remember standing out as that was a really that was a slugfest. That's when you hit my caucus. Yeah, was that the one I nailed you? Yeah. No kidding, right right in the tailbone, huh? Yeah, right in the tailbone. <laughs> and and you didn't admit it. Of course you I didn't, didn't admit, admit it. it. You, you went down, I speared you right right <laughs> right in the keister. Yeah. <laughs> the horns were lowered, the flaps were down, baby. Yeah. Boom. Just nailed you right in the left cheek. And and I uh you know, I finished the game, but then I sat on an ice bag. All the, the way best home. part was five hours. I never admitted anything. Not one word. 
<laughs> and then we saw it on the film, and I go, oh, you, you went off. You, you called me all sorts of names. Yeah. You were so pissed. Because you didn't even admit it. You said, we got back in the yeah, you I got, speared you. Yeah, I go, did you Did you see who did it? You go, no, because I could hardly breathe because I, I creamed you. Yeah. You know, while well, you were stuck in between two guys, Matt Millen in front of you, yeah. and then me. <laughs> It's like it's like it's like being in the middle of a car wreck on the parkway. <laughs> yeah, and and you didn't admit it. No, we're in that accident. Did, did you see who did it? <laughs> no. no. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. I forgot about that. It's four one two nine one nine. I Gordon Tunch one three one six, and you know he, it's amazing we're still friends. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, All right, my. we're going to take a break, and Let's we'll go. be back after this. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. You know, Mike Tomlin said, um, we've had uh, minimal mental errors. And no mental errors, uh, you know you're ready when that happens. So we have to make plays... Uh, on the you know on the fifty fifty balls, he was talking the, about the secondary, right? And uh, uh, practice is not much different uh, from a normal training camp, uh, but uh, there's still preseason games. Yes, again, you know, again, the, the whole training camp thing is just it feels funky to me because on account of the fact what I was talking about earlier, and I think you would agree with me. Number one is the distance from the guys has created this sort of, I don't know, like a void that I, I can't quite get across yet where my gullet is. You know, when you're down amongst the guys and listening again, do yeah. them talk, hear the commentary, you get a feeling for where they're at. Yeah. And it's very hard to watch from up in the stands and have an appreciation for exactly where they're at from that distance. It, there's, it just It's not working for me. You know, uh, when uh, Minka was on uh, uh, his uh, uh, press conference, uh, uh, you know, he said that people asked him, how do you see your role changing? And he says, I don't see my role changing too much. Uh, you know, more communication. Uh, you know, what bothered you last season? Uh, he said, "I, you know, I, I had a lot of self-evaluation, uh, but not super glaring mistakes. And, uh, you know, he was uh, he, the, the one thing that he was asked, are they going to move you around? And he said, no. Well, there's a lot of back and forth about yeah. that. I mean, there's I think there's some cat and mouse going on. Yeah, because you don't want Joe Judge to know what you're going to do. Yeah. If you're heading into the first game and you got the opposition flying blind in a certain aspect of your game, uh, it would be the most foolish thing in the world to say, oh, yeah. Make is just going to play, you know, uh, he's going to play at the top end over, you know, he's going to be over the top coverage all the time. Now, 
You know, there's been back and forth. We've heard commentary. Well, you know, he could move closer. He could do this. He could do that. Personally, I think, in my own estimation, most humble estimation, believe you me, but I think that being able to move Minka is going to be important, and I think that's something that you have to explore. So Tom Bradley said when he was asked, he said, we're not going to move him. He plays center field. Right. And he's the, he's the best but center they, fielder they, we had. I'm, who's the other defensive back coach? Uh, a blank uh, in here. Terrell Austin. Oh, yes. Terrell Austin said, yeah, we're going to move him. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to move around. Yeah, but he's – but uh, but see, here's the whole thing. This is going back and forth. This is almost daily. We're hearing – or every other day, we're hearing something different. Yeah. And I, 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 I got no problems with either. My only thought process is if you know 39 is going to be sitting at the top – uh, in any any sort of over the top coverage, yeah, you know exactly where he's at, and I think that you can do more with him than just that, and that's why I think um, Terrell Edmonds, his his development, I think uh, the fact here here's a guy that's just jumped up and started making plays is Curtis Riley. Yeah, Curtis Riley is a guy that can play center field. You you start noticing this guy. I mean, from the day just about the day he checked in. You start to take notice. This guy is positioning himself well. Yeah. And he seems to be one of these guys that understands the game pretty well. Yeah. Uh, could that be a possibility? Yeah. And when Minka was asked uh, what he has to work on, he talked about playing lower. He talked about bending his legs a little more. And uh, uh, get to. The, he said that if I play lower, I get to the ball easier. Um, and uh, uh, he was talking about Curtis Riley, and Curtis Riley's playing well, and Antoine playing well. Okay, let me ask you something. And uh, danger, he, he said right. danger. There's 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 a number of of guys that have uh, you know key aspects of their game that you know can be box safeties. You know, Marcus Allen's a guy that's started to show some. Uh, Tom Bradley was high on him. Yeah. Um, but I look at this and I go. Well, you get a lot of knee bend. Okay, yeah, I can see you talking about knee bend, playing center field to a degree. But what a lot of that is, you know, you're looking and you're moving and running. And to me, where the knee bend really comes is when you come up into the box more and have those intersecting lines of uh, force coming together. You know, Mike Tomlin referenced yesterday talking about Minka's tackle selection, how he goes about tackling. Um, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. And could that be revealing? I don't know. You know, but there are, again, going back and forth with uh, Terrell Austin talking about, yeah, we're going to move him around. And Tom Bradley saying, no, we're not going to move him around. You know, I think it's cat and mouse, and you're going to wait. And, and, and uh, he, uh, Mike Tomlin was posed that question. He yeah. said, you guys make me laugh. Or the, the, sure. You know, you, you, the, the statements you make. The questions that you asked, it, it was he he laughed. Absolutely. But yeah. he also did not commit to either way. He said, We are not gonna tip our hand. Yeah. And that again to me leads to speculation. I just think anything you can do to get make a more involved in the more when you got the scouting report, you have tendencies. And right. so certain situations you can move him or use him in a higher percentage of tendencies given the down distance and personnel package that you're facing. And it makes sense to me if you can find somebody to play the weak side or the lower tendency areas in that aspect that you use your greatest strength, Minka, in that area. Yeah. Now, that that requires a lot of 
you know, yeah, thicker. Yeah, and, and Minka said we want to get uh, more turnovers and sacks than last year, and we were a good team. Uh, you know, we. Let we, me ask you this: Do you think they can? Yeah, fifty-four sacks, thirty-eight takeaways. Right, right. The takeaways were what they were the most in the NFL, weren't right. they? No, the fifty or four sacks were, but they most in the NFL. No, I know fifty-four sacks, but the thirty-eight the, takeaways—they were up high. Takeaways, they were pretty high. Yeah, we were we were up in the top five. Okay, top um, five. But uh, one of the things that I think is when we play from ahead, it's Katie bar the door. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, I think that is a that's a excellent. Uh, point to you discuss know, you know but again it comes down to the personal guys having the years you know what i mean you know you know when i said katie bar bar the door right uh to deshay and heinz when i was doing the, their show together right. he said uh heinz said katie by the bar back in the day yeah back yeah in the day. exactly we found out katie bar a katie bar was a, a bar that you put across two yeah. by four across the swinging doors yeah you know that, so that would be like a gun smoke. Yeah. You know when uh, when James Arnest would uh, punch somebody out through the swinging doors. Yeah. You know, and then uh, you could Katie Bart put the bar up there, just so that inquiring minds might want to know Jacob. You know, yeah. I know that you were a big gun smoke fan. I'm sure. No, he was. <laughs> he wasn't even born. He, he wasn't even born no, when gun smoke no. came out. He had no idea. But be he's his dad probably told him. That's probably yeah, Katie because Barr. It, because it's a Katie Bar. You know yeah. what? I, I I I my kids watched. John Wayne movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's weird about Katie Bar? You got swinging doors, and you put a bar there that keeps them from swinging, but it's not like you couldn't get on your knees and crawl under it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just an observation, you know? I mean, just. Yeah, but you put it on the doors, not on the swinging doors. No, you put it on the swinging doors. Because they're swinging, all right? And they're swinging back and forth, so you got to put the bar on them so that they don't swing. They yeah. must have, like, doors that close behind them, you yeah. know? Because the whole thing about swinging doors is when somebody gets punched out in a saloon and they go flying out in the street, you got to have that action. If you have a door that you have to open and then you punch somebody out in the street, it's not near as, you know, action-oriented. Yeah. You have the swinging doors. The Duke could have never punched some of those guys out through the swinging doors if there weren't no swinging doors. If it was a door that you had to open and close, then the Duke wouldn't be the Duke because the Duke wouldn't be punching guys out through a swinging door. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. You got right. that settled. Yeah. It's important stuff. So when when um, uh, Minka was asked who he watched and who he liked, Ed Reed uh, came up sure. and uh, he said, uh, I, "I I watched a lot of Ed Reed, Ed Reed film, and he is very, he was an athlete and an intellectual." And then, then I now that was interesting. Yeah, he didn't quite go on to explain how he was an intellectual, but I, I would like to have Minka explain that because that sounded interesting. He was a smart player. Well, th he saw the game well. Okay, but the intellectual means more than just a smart player. You know, he's an intellectual. Does he read the Tozer? Does he read the Spurgeon? Yeah. Huh? Does he read uh, any of the other big uh, intellectual ILs? So, um, you're not even going to answer that. Yeah, I was on a roll, man. And so then he he also liked Brian Dawkins. Right. Yeah. 
Brian Dawkins was a very good safety. Brian Dawkins was He was a great. terrific safety. Physical. One, one of the things that I, th- I hope that he's watching, the little Troy Palomalo, and I hope there's conversations that are going on between Keith Butler, Tom Bradley, and uh, Terrell Austin and talking about the fact that, um, you know, uh, a little more, maybe, maybe some green lighting, maybe some uh, – you know, you got that uh, Samurai Six Sense moving along there, and you get a green light to do some of the things like Troy used to do. You yeah. know, um, I, that's just one of the things that uh, I think trusting Minka is going to be uh, next generation step up in this defense, I would think. You know, when, when Tom Brady was interviewed. Bradley? He, Tom Bradley. Because <laughs> yeah. Brady was one of the Brady bunch. Yeah, yeah. All right. Tom, so. Tom Bradley was interviewed. He said, uh, "We're not we're not going to uh, move him around. Uh, he's going to play center field, and he's uh, he covers great, and he keeps everything in front of him. And uh, he's being he's in the right place at the right time." Well, that could be disinformation too. Again, if I'm going to play the New York Football Giants uh, September 14th at 7:30 kickoff, by the way, uh, I would. What'd you do? Did, I, what'd I, you drop? My, my phone. <laughs> you dropped your phone. <laughs> yeah. Would you be a professional? We're having a professional conversation well, here. I, you're I, dropping I, your phone. You know, I'm trying to talk to you, and you're, like, looking down at the floor. You're getting some disinfectant wipes out. You're Lysol and everything. Well, no, no it's not Lysol. <laughs> it's uh, that, that, that disinfectant thing. Okay. Well, okay. I, my phone hit the ground. I cleaned it. You were talking, and then you, you, you. Sometimes, you know, it's so much fun. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the fact is, we're talking about so, Terrell Austin, Tom Bradley, and Keith Butler. Okay, I think there's disinformation because you want to keep Joe Judge not judging where Mink is going to be. <laughs> you say. He's over the top. He's always going to be over the top. Yeah. Believe him there. They could well do that, or you could move him around. If if Curtis Riley or somebody else steps up, shows that ability, Terrell Edmonds, shows that ability to play the free safety, that's one of the beautiful things about it because when you got different numbers showing up in areas that you don't expect them to, that creates problems for the quarterback. Uh-huh. That's a numbering problem that all of a sudden quarterbacks become more hesitant they yeah. hold the ball a little bit more. And you know, with that pass rush we got, all you need is just one slight, you know, oh, let me one more pump, and then kaboom. Yeah. You know, T.J. Watt comes and drops the hammer, or or Dupree, or or Cam Hayward, you know, or Stephon Tua. One of those guys can eat up that offensive line and get after him when you got a quarterback that has to hold the ball just a little bit longer. So Tom Bradley uh, talked about Minka. He's always in the right position. He keeps things uh, in front of him. Right. Uh, he he played free safety in the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, as I keep being in the right position, uh, I keep him in the right position. You know, you have a good chemistry uh, with the uh, with the other D backs. There's no question. He, you know, the thing that that Minka did when he got here was he was able to communicate, and Rod Woodson talked about this, yeah. both uh, when we were out in L.A. and when uh, you know we had him on the show a couple right. of weeks ago. His ability to communicate the back end and keep everybody in the same page was tremendous. Yeah. And that, that may be what hey, we keep him right there because of that. I don't know. 
But again, I would say there could be major disinformation going on, and I would think that's the smartest thing to do. Yeah, so everybody said something different. Yeah. Terrell Austin said, we're going to move him around. Right. Tom Bradley said, we're not going to move him around. And Mike Tomlin said, we're not going to say. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. We're not going to tip our hand. Yeah. So I, you know, personally, I think it's the best way to do it. You've got a great, great player. You can do any of the above, you know, that we've been talking about with him. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about it. And I think that, uh, you know what, Menka is going to really have an opportunity to expand on his role that he had last year. And his, his role last year was terrific. But I haven't seen him in any position but free safety. Right. Yeah. So far. So far. Yeah. Because So far, know, so good. So far, so good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we're going to take a break when we come back. And by uh, the way, if you did, you couldn't tell because then, you know, you'd have to, we'd have to kill you. Right. You know, so, we, you know, we can't do that. Yeah. Because then I got no, I got nobody to work with. Yeah. That you, you... 412-919-1316. <laughs> He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room. And if you want to get in on the conversation, that's the number. 412-919-1316. Thank you, Mr. Wizard. We're yes. going to take a break and we'll be back after this. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, I'm a big fan of Eric Ebron because, right. uh, uh, you know, he he's had several diving catches uh it's as camp started and he's had more from yesterday he got matched up with marcus allen that was yeah. a great matchup yeah he had and he broke a long one over the top Colin. right right but the one that really captured and captivated everybody and it was on the pool report was the fact that he caught a hook over the middle and when he turned up field he got popped by minka coming up who knocked him to the ground and uh, the defensive sideline started howling, you know, and, uh, you know, giving them the business a little bit because, you know, he, he does make some noise. And so uh, Minka got the better of Eric Ebron. And so Eric got up. I, I like this. He says he got up. He went over to the stands there. And he said, that was a welcome to Pittsburgh shot. I'll take it. Yeah. That's okay. That's good. That's teammates becoming teammates. And when you drop the bomb on somebody and you get up and you tip your cap knowing that, there's going to be more opportunities coming up, you know what I yeah. mean? That you can even the score. Yeah, that's still that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, and, and uh, I, you know, uh, I, Eric Ebron uh, has uh, he runs great routes and he is very athletic and he he has great. He hands. runs wide receiver routes. Yeah, is what I I understand from talking to you know when you hear the guys talk. He cuts like a wide receiver. I, I respect that. That's pretty cool. He's got a lanky looseness is the only way I can describe it. Yeah. But one of the things that stood out to me yesterday, 
and I hope I don't get us in trouble for talking about it, is, you know what? He's got some of the best release off the line of scrimmage right. stuff yeah. going. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Watched him matching up either with Marcus Allen or somebody else, but his ability to get off the line of scrimmage and get a quick release uh, really stood out to me yesterday, and I hope that's something that is kind of like a portent of things to come, Yeah, when, especially when the season starts, because his releases were, were just terrific. So, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, when uh, Chooks was being interviewed uh, in, the, in his press conference yesterday, uh, they asked him what he worked on in the offseason. He said, I worked on my hands. Right. I, I worked on keeping my hands tighter and punching more. And, uh, you know, I think well, uh, he had problems with uh, getting his hands trapped. Right. You know, and, you know, um, you, if you put your hands out there and don't understand how you have to circle under or around the opposition hands when they try to trap your hands, you're going to have issues. Yeah. You know, and that's where Zach got into trouble yesterday with uh, TJ Watt. You know, whenever your hands get low and they can sweep or trap them, whether they sweep them to the side, smacking your hands, or they're knocking them straight down, or they're knocking them up off you if your hands are right. high or too high. Yeah. I mean, that's just part of learning how to do it. And, uh, you know, I think Chooks just having that understanding it will make him fundamentally yeah. better. It, 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 he will be better. Um, one of the things that uh, was asked to Chooks was uh, it seems like the defense is talking a lot of trash. <laughs> yeah. The offense doesn't talk a lot of trash. Pretty much it's always been that way, though. Yeah. I mean, it's the China Dolls, you know, that used to you know, be talking smack back to, you know, the defense and that. It was. I always used to remember Ray Penny. Ray Penny, you go, don't t- tick those guys off. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then, then you, you know, you, you come on, you leave, and I come in. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you know, if I'm if I'm replacing you, you know, in practice, you get those guys all ticked off, and then suddenly I'm up. Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> yeah, Ray was so funny, but you know, I mean, the defense does tend to talk more smack. That's just the nature right. of the defensive player versus yeah. offensive player. For me, as an offensive lineman, I was always sucking wind. I am not about to waste my win getting in some sort of verbage type battle with the guy across from me when I can eat just as easily put a fist or a foot somewhere, uh, you know, and, and be done with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a pile. Yeah. You know, so why waste getting all angst and everything? You just, I, 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 I yelled. You, yeah, you, you did. And that's okay. That was, yeah. that was your prerogative. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about it. You know, I mean, somebody keeps yapping. Well, you can. You know, you fish hook a guy in the pile or, you know, you <laughs> never yeah. mind. Just just never mind. <laughs> so um, so you just even the score, that's all. Yeah, one of the things that Chooks was asked, uh, what did you learn from Matt Filer? Uh, he says, he helped me a lot uh, at, uh, as a player. Yeah, you know, and you know what? You did learn he, from everybody. Did he learn to say anything more? No. Because here, the one thing about Matt, and I would say this, Watching Matt, he was very, um, how do I put it, regimented in his kick step. Right. It was very good. He kept pace with guys. He had that natural knack. You know that radar, that Doppler effect you got to have? Not the Doppler where it's, you ding them, but that, that radar effect where you keep the inside out, your center line is dominating their center line, that sort of thing. That's a difficult thing to master on the move. 
And the other thing was um, the anchor was very good, I thought, at punching and keeping his feet alive. Right. And I think that's where Zach struggles. Um, and I think that Chooks at times has that problem, too, where the hands and the feet aren't meshed together. Yeah. The, the, you've got to hand your hands and feet in unison. Right. Uh, you know, That's the, what made you who you were when you were a pass protector. Your feet were always tuned into your hands. It was, it was, it was just like uh, in, in boxing. You, know, you could move and stick and move, and you were, you're very good at that. And that was something natural that came to you. Yeah. You worked at it. I mean, I don't yeah, say you didn't I, work at it. I worked at it with Sarge. But, right. But the fact is it's something that, that you had a much better uh, knack for than I ever did. Yeah, and it's like uh, even in the combative arts when we went on, you know, to train more in the martial arts. I love closing with a guy. I yeah. love getting close to the jujitsu, the you know, getting uh, uh, that close quarter combat. And you were very much a range guy and staying, yeah. you know, at, at range. I was a striker. You were a yeah, grappler. Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and uh, that was fun. Yeah, it was, it's just it your natural fun. inclinations. It That's was why... fun when we used to train. Oh, I know that was a lot of fun. Yeah, but the natural inclination for the different ranges that you find yourself at. I mean, you look at, um, you look at Tyson Aluelu. Okay, let's talk about him playing nose tackle versus yeah. a five technique. Yeah, you know, one of the things he talked about was the fact: the further you get away from the center, the more space you got. Yeah, in other words, the range is greater. Okay, when you're over the center, center you got you, you got, got no range. Sand. That's that's close quarter combat. That's, yeah, you got to put you got to strike your hands in the center. Now chest. it's got to be now, yeah. now, now, and you you cannot be late. There is no time for lateness. Yeah, you know the further you move away from the center, the more ability you have then to be able to with the range, the different range that you're going to have, uh, you know, to use your hands in a different way. You know, the the great players use their hands well. Oh, absolutely. You know, Aaron uh, Aaron Donald. He uses his hands well. Slaps, you know, he does a yeah, lot. Yeah. Did you ever watch him train with his trainer? He does the knife drills from uh, Hubud Lubud. Yeah. You know, Kali is the indigenous art of the Philippines, and they're very much a wep- uh, weaponry-based system. And one of the things that he would do was um, he would do Hubud Lubud. Hubud and Lubud means to tie and untie. It's a trapping yeah. system of using your hands of different angles to uh, experience the strikes. And, you know, uh, watching him... They added the training knife, which, you know, it's a wooden knife. It's nothing with a, with a live edge. But yeah. they would do that because it heightens the sense of um, intensity in yeah. the drill, as you can well imagine. Like when you stab me in the teeth and in the right. eyebrow and in the cheekbone. Yeah. Because you really stunk at that. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're very enthusiastic. Yeah. But I stab you in the teeth and in the cheekbone. <laughs> and in the eyebrow. Yeah. Well, Can you imagine that, Jacob? Huh? He's he's all over. He thinks he's Errol Flynn with the Pirates of Penzance with the knife, right? And then he stabs me like several places while we're doing this drill. And I'm just like, it was so funny because I remember we were at Larry Hartzell, who was a sec, uh, first generation student of Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. This guy, you know, guy was just terrific, and he was a Vietnam vet and everything. The guy was really a uh, intense man. Let, yeah. let me just say this. And so we're doing this drill. And so after suffering a, a, a stab to the eyebrow, then the cheekbone, then in the teeth, Tunch stands up and goes, you know, we're not very good at this. I'm sitting going, I got, I got a red mark here on my cheekbone. You know, I'm bleeding from my gum, stuff like that. And I go, no, you're not very good. 
<laughs> and Larry Hartzell was laughing oh, at oh, us. He was laughing at us. He was laughing at us. Yeah, because I got you back. Yeah. You know, so it, it was funny. Uh, yeah. But anyhow, getting back to uh, Aaron Donald uses that training because he's very quick, very fast with his hands. Yeah. And I think that's a great training application for anybody that wants to get out there and use your hands. Aaron, Aaron Smith. Remember how good Aaron Smith right. was? His hands were from the ground to the lockout inside position nine times out of ten. You know what I mean? He just always fought to maintain that inside position. One of the greatest players, in my estimation, in Steelers yeah. history. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. No doubt. Yeah, he was he was very good with his hands. Um, you know, one of the things that Tom Bradley said that uh, Marcus Allen is playing a lot faster. Yes. And, uh, and you notice that. Uh, you watch him in practice, and he gets better every day. And Minka gets be- better every day. And, uh, you know, I, th- Marcus these Marcus got to make a move, Chalooch. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is what is uh, second, third year, somewhere in there. Um, it's it's time for him to be the guy that he, he quite possibly can be. Yeah. And so Tom Bradley was asked, we, are you going to move around? He said, no, we're going to play him in center field. <laughs> I'm beginning to think this is a recurring theme with uh, with Tom with Scrap as we as, as yeah. uh, we used to call him. Yeah. Um, you know, Marcus Allen is um, you know he's he's a good player. He can also be a contributor in yeah. special teams. And one of the things that you know, I believe, is that you're going to reach or you're going to put more veterans in on that. I think in the Giants game, uh, maybe the normal on the special teams yeah. because of the fact that. You, you don't know. Yeah. And what you don't know you don't could know. sink you. Yeah. What yeah. you don't know, you don't know. And that could be the very thing that sinks you. So it'll be interesting to see. I know that, uh, you know, we're all anxious to see Marcus come out and compete yeah. more. Yeah. So when he when he was asked, Tom Bradley was asked, uh, uh, how has Minka gotten better? He said his leadership, his confidence, and his comf- uh, comfort. Comfort. Uh, and uh, what do you think of, of Curtis Riley? He's uh, shown each day a little more and a little more. He's been impressive. So, you know, we got good, D, good, good DBs. You know, it's kind of funny because it seemed like there was a period of time where it was very difficult to find good corners. When, good when, they, when we played the AFC Championship game against the New England Patriots. When was this? Which one? The Three years or four years ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. there was, there was, a, it was. It's been tough, and now they seem to have an abundance of good corners. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I personally, I, I'm excited. You know, I mean, one of the things we do, we got to go to break. I'm sorry, did you say break, Jacob? Okay, because I get carried away, and I want to make sure that uh, you know we got time to talk about it. But one of the guys that you know I, I keep looking at is uh, Mike Hilton. And Mike Hilton has done some good things, and uh, I just wanted to make sure the pool report included what I was talking about. Well, you know, I I think Cam Sutton, uh, you know, and Cam Sutton. Did you hear what Tom Bradley said about him? Yeah. The the putty quote? No. Oh, Tom Bradley says uh, Cam Sutton's like putty. We can put him anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) He can play free safety. He can play slot. Exactly. He can play corner. And – I didn't. I didn't hear the buddy. He's a very. He's very valuable. He plays all over the place. Very valuable tool uh, to this defense. Right. Right. Yeah. And so. 
And the best comment was was uh, Scrap saying, he's like Putty. We can put him anywhere. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I didn't hear that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I so, didn't hear that. All right. Let's go to break and uh, we'll come back up with another show. Well, my friend? it's 412-919-1316. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. And you're in the locker room. And we'll be back after this. Tonight, I'm going to have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world will turn inside out. I'm floating around in ecstasy. So don't stop me now. I think you know when you're ready when uh, there's a, uh, not a lot of mental errors out there, not a lot of uh, lack of communication, and everybody's flying to the ball. Uh, you know, there's no big big plays or big mistakes happening, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I think, I mean, because that's what, what defense is. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Defense is all about communications. Uh, you know, if you communicate, um, and Mike Tomlin, you can hear him say, communicate, communicate, uh, talk one another, talk to one another. And he always asks the guy, or what was the coverage? What was the, you know, what was the right. primary focus? By the way, do you remember when we were up in Toronto and we went to see that uh, the, the queen, queen thing? Yeah, yeah it, was, um, it was a play. And it was like uh, they're – I mean, I didn't realize Toronto was such a big, uh, uh, you know, Broadway Broadway type, yeah, extravaganza. Yeah. yeah. And we interviewed the cast afterwards. Yeah. You remember that for Steelers TV? Yeah. That was really a cool thing, man. Yeah. They rocked the house. That was really a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And and it was uh, the Queen, um, uh, the opera. Uh, yeah, it was the Scarabouche. opera queen. Scarabouche. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah. I, I can never the caribou. Caribou. I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> Anyhow, moving right along with the defenses you were talking about with with um you know with Mike Tomlin, uh, one of the things that I love that you pointed out early on, you just walk around listening to Mike talk and yeah. coach up the defense. Yeah, coach up the offense. Whatever he's coaching, it's worthy to listen to, and that's one of the things I miss. Yeah, because I can't get that. Yeah, get can't close hear. enough to hear. Yeah, now at times you can hear because of the. The empty stands. Yeah. But just to be around and be that close. Plus, when you lose your mask, then all of a sudden you're like, you know, yeah, trying yeah, to pretend yeah. like you didn't. You yeah. Uh, when um, when we were on the field, I always followed Mike around because I know offensive football, but I don't know, you know. I know defense. offensive football. Well, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean that. But, uh, you didn't think you were going to get away with that, did you? Yeah. Not getting your chops yeah. busted. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. <laughs> but defensively, I I, I want to learn. Right. You learn. Yeah, and I, I learned from um, Mike Mitchell mm-hmm. uh, when we watched film together. I learned from Ryan right. Shazier when we watched right. film together. And I went uh, learned from Vinny when we watched film together. Uh, I, you know, I, I'd like to ask defensive players – what they're looking at. Right. 
And so uh, uh, it was. Uh, it was. It's a learning experience. Yeah, yeah. So when Mike Tomlin talks about reaching for the hands when they reach, you understand. Okay, now that's what it looks like because you see it happen in practice. Yeah. When he talks about snapping the head around, you snap your head around after reaching with the hands. I mean, that's just the thing that those things are very. The catchphrases are very simple, but those are the things that you remember in the yeah. midst of the mayhem. Yeah, and and one of the things that Mike uh, Tomlin says. Don't get bogged down in running it back and forth or anybody. Let the you know let the uh, film uh, wash over you and uh, learn from that because you know we we watch over and over and over. Yeah, you know, we try to pick up things. Right. And right. Uh, I don't I don't think that's uh, a good way of watching film. I still have trouble because um, I like to watch specific things. You yeah. know, and it, I would think he's also got a bigger picture thing going yeah. on too, and so I can understand conceptually. He understands concept, concepts far greater than me, and so he would. You know, you get the big picture, and then you understand what they're trying to do. Where I have a tendency to look at, okay, is this guy? He's going to club. Is he going to yeah. club? Is he going to club? You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it just gets but to be monotonous. As, as offensive linemen, that's what we watched. Right. That's yeah, the way you, you we it. watched uh, uh, the the way they lined up. Uh, were their feet parallel or were they staggered? Right. Because when they're Four staggered, point stance, three point stance. When, Randy when White would do that. Yeah, when they're staggered, uh, they go up the field. When they're parallel, uh, they loop. Uh, you Unless know, they, of course you got one of those guys that's a cagey vet and he starts to play with your head. Yeah, those those guys they're very rare, but uh, they were. Um, they there were those guys that were capable of doing that. I you remember know, Jerry Jerry Shirk from the Cleveland Browns years ago. Yeah. I was a rookie. I was, you know Dick Ambrose, another great linebacker. Those Dick guys from the big uh, from Bears, the, the, uh, Browns, uh, Browns. Browns. Dick Ambrose was was one of those guys who would play with your head a little bit. Yeah. You know, he'd line up here, there, he'd look, and you know stuff. Those those kind of guys back in the day, they were they, they were smart guys. And uh, uh, Leclaire. Yeah, and Jim Lucaro. Oh. The Bengals. Yeah, we didn't like him. Yeah. He just He 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 was uh He was aggravating. Yeah. You know what was really tough was Timmy Crumry. Yeah. Crumry was a tough guy. Man, he was just a tough, tough dude. I remember him and uh, you know, um I, I just uh had a lot of respect for him. Mike yeah. Webster did too. Yeah. You know, he was he was a great player. Webby did. And uh, Mike Golick. Mike Golick. There was Bob another Golick. headbanger. Bob, Him too. Bob, well, Mike was, Mike was great too. Yeah, Bob Golick was uh, the he, nose tackle for the Cleveland Browns. No, that that, that was Bob. Yeah, Mike that was, was Bob. the Philly. Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. Okay, good. Then we're on the same page. I got screwed up there. Um, Mike Golick was... Um, Bob Mike, Golick. No, I'm talking about Mike from Philly. All right, that's Mike and Mike. Yeah. All right. Mike Golick was a good defensive tackle, just your average headbanger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bobby was part comedian, part nose tackle. He was funny. You know, he would do some funny things, say some funny stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I remember uh, listening to him at one of the banquets we had um, in the offseason. He was, of course, uh, talking about Mike Webster and just, you know, what a great player he was, he said. But he said the darn thing about Webby, he was so nice, he said, and he'd telling you, oh, Mike, you're doing great. You know, yeah. good to see you. He said, I'd go watch a game thinking I played a good game. He says, Here, Webby's killing me. Yeah. <laughs> Leo Wisniewski said that, too. Yeah. Leo, uh, Wiz, Wiz uh, uh, Leo uh, said, uh, Webby used to always compliment me, and uh, that was bad. Well, you, you know, he says, you think you're doing good, <laughs> playing well, and then all of a sudden, 
he didn't play well. Yeah. You know, but that was Webby. Webby was just one of those guys. But, um, you know, as we move along here, uh, again, getting back to the separation factor, uh, as Mike talked about at the top of the broadcast, we were talking about the lean-in week and being able to create that, create that separation. There's more guys that have to create that separation and carve that niche out for themselves. And it's going to be interesting to me. Moving along, we were talking about um, Ola Adani. You're talking about yeah. Alex Highsmith. You're talking about Tuzar Skipper. All right. Those guys, that's that's a crowded area there. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, they're, they're all good pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Tuzar Skipper was my camp phenom last year. Right, but I won uh, last year. And yeah, Ola Denehy was my camp phenom two years ago, but right. I won that year. Yes, you did. Uh, and, um, you know, they— In the year before. Yeah. Year before. <laughs> but let's not get into who won over who. Let's not get into who beat who. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, when You know, when um, Tom Bradley talked about Marcus Allen— uh, he's very valuable. He can play in space, and he can. He's playing fast, and uh, we got to find out what he can do and what he can't do. Uh, you know, and who that's can play another crowded field. area yeah. that's going to have to separate themselves. What about Antoine Brooks, young man? In some instances, he's flashed like a white tiger, yeah. and in others, he's disappeared like the white tiger yeah. disappears. You know, the John Gruden John Gruden uh, uh, analogy of the white tiger. Uh, he was talking about one of his players uh, did not show up all the time. Right, and that's you know something that he's got to be able to do. Uh, Marcus Allen is, uh, you know, last year he, he didn't he was on the practice squad most of the year, but he's special teams capable. He's one of those guys that can, as Mike Talman says, pay the rent yeah. on the special teams until he's uh, you know gets more PT. But um, again, you, you're talking about uh, with. Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds there. Yeah. And you're talking about uh, you got Jordan Dangerfield. Yeah. He's, he's a big bang guy. Yeah. You know, but he's a box safety guy. Right. And, but he's a core special teamer. Um, you know, Marcus Allen, he's one that's capable of doing something. Antoine Brooks, another guy. And then Curtis Riley. Yeah. You know, um, and this James Pierre, is another, he's a corner that has started to create some noise for himself. Just a little bit. Yeah. That, uh, cornerback. He's like a six-two corner. Yeah. I uh, did well yesterday in uh, in the pool report. Yeah. And uh, so we got the, we got some competitors back there, and they're they're going to have to jockey for position and playing time. And and, and everybody has to jockey for position, you know, uh, except the starting five offensive linemen. Uh, well, ex- the starting four. Uh, but then uh, you got two guys that you, are jockeying got, like crazy. They, they're jockeying like crazy, and uh, you know one thing um, is because the preseason is not there, preseason games is not there. We have to see competitive nature. You know, we got to see. The guys compete, and right. you guys got to see. Well, that's why you like intense... see Zach and TJ have a little set, it, you know, set to there. Yeah, tete-a-tete. a little tete-a-tete, you know, a little punch it out. Yeah, but that's it, it. Does raise the intensity. It is one of those, uh, you know, uh, primo matchups that you want to see because who are you going to get better than TJ to to learn how to pass block? Yeah, you know, I mean, you got to be able to pass if you're going to. Have anybody school you, you want the best school in you so that anybody else is a notch down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So 
I think it's wonderful. If I was Zach, I'd be getting reps after practice. Yeah. So I'd get them off of TJ. With, with TJ Watt. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about it, man. Yeah. So, I, you know, the one thing that we got uh, reps after practice, and we asked them to simulate the guy that we're going against. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we had that. Um, we're going to take a break, and we're – We'll come back with Bob Labriola from Steelers Digest uh, and Steelers TV. Uh, We're going to go to break. He's Wolf. I'm touching. You're in the locker room. We'll be back after this. Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Well, we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and we have our special guest and our good buddy, Bob Lariola from uh, Steelers Digest, and uh, he's the editor of Steelers Digest, and he's uh, also Steelers TV. Welcome to the locker room, Bob. That had to be your pick for a music punch. Yeah. Wolf is, Wolf is far too manly for that. Jay, 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 it, it was Jake. It was Jake King Harvest. Uh, we, yeah. It, uh, Excellent. Excellent. That, now, that's, that's definitely, you know, uh, not a music selection by someone who played the, the interior of the offensive line for his entire life. <laughs> Exactly. It's that headbanger music. Right. Labs, I got to I got to hand it to you. I read asked and answered again. You know what? And Well, you're my only fan. <laughs> you're my wife. You know the funny part was I was going to text you. I thought, "No, he's probably going to think, "All right, this is getting a little weird. I'm texting you all the time." But the fact was, you came up with an expl- explanation I have for years tried to really explain the difference between practice speed and game speed. And when you came up with the analogy that it's like a fire drill, a practice fire drill, or the real thing, it suddenly just makes great great sense because you cannot, uh, you know, replicate the intensity, the scariness of the moment, the things that can go wrong as well as right out on the field. And I thought that was truly uh, an insightful way to present to the people about, you know, the things that can go wrong in a game. Great job, Wolf. You you said that just the way I wrote it and sent it to you, too. I appreciate it. But, you know, the, what really um, uh, struck home with me, too, was what Mike Tyson always says. Oh, yes. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. And that's the difference between practice and a game, too, I, I would think. I mean, I've never certainly experienced, you know, that kind of thing at that kind of level. Um, but but you, you know, see that, it all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, and and I, you know, I've, I've heard coaches in meetings, you know, and they say, okay, you know, you do this, and this guy's here, and you know they draw it all up on the board real pretty. But what if he's not there? Yes. Yeah, but you know the 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 secret to that is he who has the last chalk wins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's always you know what the ambassador would always tell me. 
you know, when he was um, complaining about, you know, the difference between, you know, doing things in climate-controlled dark meeting rooms and expecting them automatically to work on the field, you know, he would take a piece of paper and a, and a pen and, you know, how they, they would do it with X's and O's. Right. Well, he would say, you know, he'd draw an X and an O, and he'd say, you know, when you're doing it on paper, this guy always blocks this guy right. every time. But, you know, sometimes that guy is Lawrence Taylor. Yes. And he's not going to be blocked or whatever. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's um, – and I, I, I think that special teams certainly um, falls into that category as well as other offense and defense too, but especially in the NFL, when you're dealing with players at the NFL level who are playing special teams, you know, we've talked about this too before, maybe they haven't played special teams till since they were sophomores in college. Right. Because then they were stars on their college teams. Yes. And stars don't play special teams. And so now you're going from, you know, maybe as a 19-year-old you played special teams to a 21 or 22-year-old who's playing special teams with your livelihood on the line. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a little different, I think. You know, it, it's weird that we don't have preseason games, Labs. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I was thinking that uh, we would have at least two, uh, but they did away with all of them. And, um, Labs, do you think that uh, – the preseason games have are gone now. Uh, the by the wayside. No, I I, I really don't think so. Um, you know because um, you know, and this is to me, uh, this is another Dan Rooney. Uh, when when the when the question is ever why, the answer is money. And so the reason why there will be preseason games is because. It's it's money, and that goes into the pot that that is yeah. designated gross revenue, and you know gets shared by the players uh, and the owners, and you know impacts the salary cap. And so, if you abolish those preseason games, okay, you know there's there's television involved because there's a national schedule of preseason games, so that's included in the broadcasting um, package, and you know ticket revenue and all that stuff. And okay, how are you gonna how are you gonna replace that? And the reality about preseason games, I think, for, you know, as you guys learned, as you got uh, older in your careers, you don't play that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and, and it really is kind of necessary for, I believe, you know, to get some things uh, hammered out in terms of getting the entire team prepared. And, hey, if, you know, if you're, if you're not a first-round or second-round pick, you might need – preseason game or two um to show you belong yeah and you know so i i i think that there may be some uh maybe there's not certainly there should never be five yeah never yeah you yeah. know if 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 you know a team gets um uh awarded <laughs> and i use that word facetiously <laughs> awarded with uh being playing in the hall of fame game then they should just be have a bye the next week of the preseason. Yeah, because I, you know, five preseason games is totally unnecessary. Maybe they cut it back to two, uh, but I do think that there has to be something not only for the competitive uh, aspects of what we we're t- talking about, but I don't know, you know, how do you how do you replace the revenue, and and is everyone going to be willing to, you know, forego that amount of money? 
Do you remember uh, when we were playing the Giants in the last preseason game, and uh, uh, we the the starting offensive line came out uh, uh, in the th- at the end of the third quarter, and then uh, Ron Blackledge came up to us and said, "You guys are going back in," and we go, "What?" And he said. Chuck wants to win this game. And then uh, in the post-game press conference, someone asked, uh, why did you put your starters back in? And he said, winning begets winning. Do you remember that? Um, Not specifically, but none of that um, is also uh, totally foreign to me either. I mean, uh, yes, that is always my recollection of, you know, Chuck Knoll's preseason uh, that was always something, you know, that he believed was part of the learned behavior that you had to instill, you know, at the start of every season or at the end of every off season. Uh, and so, you know, that certainly doesn't surprise me. Uh, I, I think that that uh, mindset is uh, over in, in today's league. I, I just don't believe that coaches would go that far to win a game, but certainly um, – you know, the winning begets winning. I, I do believe that just about every coach at every level believes that. And I certainly think, you know, that at the NFL level, that's something worth reinforcing with a team um, that, you know, I don't know that you need to do that with a defending Super Bowl champions. But, you know, if it's a team that is has not made the playoffs in a couple of years or, you know, it's gone through a rebuild or a retool or it's largely different personnel. Um, certainly, you know, those are the kinds of things that you want to instill. And there's, and really, that's another thing you can't do in practice. You cannot teach players in practice how to dig deeper to pull out a win. Yeah. Unless mm. it's a game. Yes. You know, that's interesting you said that because it reminded me, was it, Rod Rust or Chuck that was talking about, or Rod Rust or somebody other other coaches talking about Chuck, who wanted to put teams in specific positions in the preseason to see how they would react because you don't know what you have until they're there. And I was trying to remember that somebody, one of the coaches, Wayne Painter, was it? Oh, Painter, that's who it was. Okay, and I think that's addressing it. He would literally in preseason games, you know, he would. Put his defense in tough situations or whatever, not make the normal call that you might make, uh, just to see how these guys would react because he said you needed and they needed to know where they were at before the games got real. Right, and that's another thing, you know, kind of this conversation kind of all ties together. Right. And this is why you guys are the kings of the radio. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that that goes back to another thing. You cannot cannot reproduce in practice. Exactly so. You know, Payne was uh, uh, telling me about um, you know, when uh, uh, Chuck said, you got to cut uh, three three wide receivers. And he said, I don't know how to co- who to cut, uh, Chuck. He said, well, cut the, the, the cut the first guys that won't do it and cut the second guys that can't do it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and he said, okay. And... Uh, and then he said, uh, well, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know my guys because there's not numbers. He said, so that's why we have no numbers, because you 
get the guy's body language and you get the way they play. And uh, that's and why we had no, yeah, without numbers. That's why we had no numbers. But that you could you could find in practice. Yeah. <laughs> Labs, let me ask you this, okay? This with the advent of having a what is it like a sixteen player practice squad they're gonna have this year? Yes. Okay. And as I understand it, you can put a just for the sake of conversation, an eighteen year veteran like Ben Roethlisberger on it if you had to, right? There are I think I think the number is four slots of the 16 are available to any players regardless of years of experience. Okay. So it makes me wonder, do you bring in some guys that maybe just maybe they they might not be the 53 but in the event of some sort of covid related emergency, you know, uh a safety maybe, uh you know, uh, a wide receiver or you know, a, a quarterback. A if, quarterback. Yes. Okay. That's what I was wondering. What what what's your take on that? Well, I, I think that you know this is this year, this season, you know what, what what's happening currently at uh, Heinz Field. Speaking specifically of the quarterbacks, is that uh, Paxton Lynch and Devlin Hodges are you know competing for the number three job. Um, but I believe that uh, this could be the year, the only year uh, that I've ever been around uh, of the practice squad where the Steelers keep a fourth guy and put them on the practice squad. Um, mm, mm-hmm. Because, you know, if something would happen, you know, and we, we saw it a little bit, um, you know, maybe they get this cleaned up uh, by the regular season, but, you know, all those false positives from that laboratory in New Jersey. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's pretend we certainly don't want to see it happen, but let's just pretend, you know, for the doomsday scenario of it, that that happens to a team uh, in the regular season. Okay, and your quarterback room, gets wiped out maybe because of false positives. Oh, man. Well, if you have a quarterback on the practice squad, you at least have someone who's familiar with your personnel. Your personnel is familiar with him. When you send in a play into his helmet, he knows what it is. Right. You know, because he's been around, you know, throughout this whole process. Um, You know, maybe you're thinking about another kicker, too. Yeah. That would make uh, sense. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it's going to be interesting to me to see how you know this works, how different teams utilize you know this different set of rules, so to speak, uh, for this unique situation we're in this year. Um, and and who knows? I mean, I, I hope that it doesn't, but it may end up. You know, the utilization, the decisions that are made regarding the utilization of the practice squad could be the difference between a win and a loss of a regular season game. And as we certainly know, you know, from being around the Steelers the last couple of years, that's the difference oftentimes between going home at the end of the regular season or getting into the playoffs. Right, right. So there's a lot of things um, I think that are uh, interesting to keep an eye on, you know, moving forward. Uh, that maybe we weren't so much paying attention to in previous years, you know, like the practice squad. I mean, what's the big deal? Right. Know, pick your 53, uh, eight or ten more, which whichever it was uh, the last few years. And, you know, those are guys that if something bad happened, okay, you could go to them. But there, was, there wasn't necessarily a lot, a lot of, as Wolf would stay, say, strategery involved. <laughs> <laughs> those guys. So, but this, this, 
again, this year could be different because of the COVID uh, pandemic. So, you know, again, um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I certainly hope that it won't cost any teams any games, except maybe the Ravens. Um, But, uh, you know, it's a possibility, and I I think these are some of the things that uh, the decision makers in the Steelers' case, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, and Art Rooney II, are going to be kicking around um, that maybe they didn't have to consider, you know, in previous years of making these decisions. So, Bob, uh, are are you going to be at uh, uh, practice anytime soon? Um, I don't think so. I mean, unless there's some change to the protocols or, you know, that procedure. Um, I thought you were a big shot that you would be, be included in the practice. Well, this, this, this shows you just how much of a little shot I am. <laughs> you know what, Labs? I'm going to save my chocolate chip cookies that I get out of my... <laughs> My lunch. I'm going to save them for you, brother. They're yeah, really right. good. Right. I, I think I have a better chance of uh, the COVID <laughs> protocols changing than you putting aside chocolate chips. That's Oh, you're so right, Lebs. You're so right. What was I thinking? <laughs> really? Obviously not. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, Bob, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you, brother. So, yeah, Appreciate you. You're the best, Labs. God, God bless you, and uh, God bless Marianne. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, folks. Take it easy. All Take right. care. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a break. <laughs> he did hit it right. Yeah, on he did it. There's no chance I'm gonna save my yeah. chocolate chip cookies and share them. I gave my chocolate chip cookies to you. Well, I know. Yeah. You know, you got that. Uh, you get the the stomach stuff. Yeah, the vegan. Yeah, because you're vegan. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, and vegans get up mad every day. <laughs> I'd get up mad if I was Yeah, yeah, I was a big All right, we're going to take a break. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in a locker room. It's 412-919-1316. We'll be back after this. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. not too many times where you know the corners aren't going to win 50 50 balls they usually win those there's not too many times where tz or bud aren't going to win the rush the only time that big plays happen on us is when we make a mistake you know what i'm saying and the offense you know the type of offense that we have on ben and everybody out there they're going to take advantage of it um i don't know if it's been give and take the last couple practices but (laughs) y'all y'all are entitled to your own opinion you're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. You know, I got to tell you the truth. I didn't hear a word make a said because I'm so irritated by the song. You're irritated by that song? <laughs> I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I like come that on. song. I like that song. Seriously, I'm trying to yeah. listen to Menka, it, and it, somebody's, it, you know, it was uh, it was a song <laughs> in the '70s, and 
It was, you know. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. All right. So it was. Yeah. I don't know what the. I, I can't even think of a song now. But I'm telling you, that one's irritating. When she starts going, well, you know, gone. Yeah, I like it. All right, let's go to Ed in Phoenix. Uh, uh, Ed, welcome to the locker room. Buddy, how you doing? I can't stop laughing. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> that song irritates you, Ed. Come on. Tell the truth. So, hey, you guys love info. Do you know what the reference to the key is? No. No. Okay, my grandmother had a pair of roller skates that required a key. So the old roller skates before they had boots from the early 1900s. Yeah. You had to put this little, like, slot key in there to uh, crank them down the leather straps around your uh, Yeah, I remember that. I cause really, we used Yeah. To, we used to go roller skating at the rec center on Friday night. And, uh, oh, man. yeah, so the, the, the key tightened Come on, up. tell me that didn't just tick you off. We're trying to talk serious football here. And you got somebody talking about got the key to the roller skates and stuff like uh, that. I, I like this song. Um, oh, my. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, on our end, we couldn't understand anything that Minka was saying because the sound made this really weird drop vibration between his interview and that. Yeah, it's called irritation with the song. Anyhow, what you got, brother? It's good to hear from you. Yeah, well, thanks for your blessing of laughter every day. I'm telling you, for me, it's it's great. Um, But um, Brian Baldinger, he he came in the league before you guys were done, right? Yeah, he was was in the uh, league. We uh, we crossed, didn't we? Halfway, halfway. Okay, yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Okay, have you seen the new film session show on on NFL with he and uh, Kurt Warner? Yeah, seen I, a little bit of I, it. I've seen a, a few of them. Did you see Tredavious White and his mentorship and that whole story? No, did not. I, I no. didn't see that. Okay, so Ryan Clark has been mentoring Tredavious White since he came into the league. Really? Yeah. In fact, he sent him a a team overall offensive scouting report each week, and then uh, the next day he sends them breakdowns of the receivers, tendencies, route trees, that kind of thing. No and kidding. He's been doing that for the last two years. Yeah, he's talked about it for like the first four minutes of the program. Oh, that's great. You know, I Ryan Clark. I always loved Ryan. Yeah. Ryan's a great guy. He's a you great know, and guy. I thought he was a great pairing with Troy. Um, and you know, he was, he was one of the last real hard Donnie shell type hitters yeah. at safety, man. Yeah. Guys that just blew people up. And he loves the Lord. Cause we had him, uh, yeah. uh we had him, at, yeah. uh, at our fall kickoff, uh, right. uh for a men's Chili cookoff. Yeah. 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 I didn't think it was a coincidence that it was another story of a Steeler going out of his way to help another person. Yeah. Right. Right. You are very good. What else? Um, and real quick for Steelers fans, I noticed today they added uh, Cam Hayward. So I'm going to watch that as soon as you guys are done. Uh, you mean on Steelers.com? Yeah. Well, on where I can get it, I get it off my PlayStation. Okay. All right. PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah. What, what, do, you do, do you exercise along with Cam, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> can you imagine having to pass protect against that guy? I mean, think about this. No. If you saw him play against the Colts last year and Austin Nelson, who was Quentin Nelson. Him too. Yeah, yeah. his brother. All right, so th- there they are locked up. Quentin is 6'5", 330 pounds. 
Cam puts him, hits him with the one-arm stab, drives him straight back into Jacoby Brissett, uses Quentin Austin or Quentin Allen's uh, Quinn Nelson. Quinn Nelson. I can't remember the guy's freaking name. All right, drives, takes his keister, uses it as a weapon, and creams Jacoby Brissett's knee. I mean that was that was a lethal weapon. So you 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 need a brand new pair of roller stakes and you need a brand new key. I need a new key for my gourd, man. It's a little too tight. Anyhow, that's what you call past, you know, a good bull rush in the 21st century. Anything else? No, that's it. Oh, we lost him. Thanks, thanks, Ed. Appreciate God, you, brother. Thanks, Ed. God bless you, buddy. You Take care, man. All right, let's go to Juan in South Carolina. Juan, welcome to the locker room. Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Good. Good morning. Hey, Wolf, we got to get you in that, in that concussion lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I always say, would have signed up for that thing, if, but uh, dadgummit, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We all forgot about it. <laughs> what you got going on, Juan? Hey, so, uh, so um, I was hearing some good things about this guy named James Pierre. What you guys think about him? He showed up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taller cornerback, 6'2". Right. Um, did some nice things in practice that uh, I don't have the pool report right in front of me, uh, so I can't comment exactly right. on but he did some good things, and maybe uh, this is another guy like uh, Curtis Riley that yeah. uh, they've picked up, and um, that uh, could make a make a run for some uh, PT. Yeah, but it's going to be tough without preseason games. Yeah, very. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So with him, can we um can we give him a, like a shot for um camp? You know him or no? I don't know exactly what his status is. Yeah, whether he's a free agent or. Rookie free you know, agent, yeah, yeah, um, you know, but you know what? We'll we'll check on that. Yeah, we'll see what we come up with. Okay, yo, you want some of this, huh? You want to get on this uh, uh, training yeah. camp fee now, huh? No, Wolf, I'm I'm cheating. I'm helping you so you can keep <laughs> up the winning streak. You're helping me out, so, okay? So that I can be your guy. <laughs> yeah, so I won't be one seventeen and one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my right. goodness. We yeah. gotta go to break. We gotta go to break, Juan. Thanks for calling. God Thank bless you, you, buddy. We'll talk we'll talk we'll be back tomorrow. Okay, yeah. uh, All right. Call <laughs> earlier. All right. We're gonna we're gonna talk uh, we're gonna give a uh, we're gonna go to break. He's Wolf I'm touching <laughs> you're in a locker room. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So we're back. He's Wolf, I'm Tunch, and you're in the locker room. This is a song I was grooving to when I uh, messed up my knee a couple years ago. Yeah. Deadlifts. You do doing deadlifts? <laughs> Glory days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do it. Yeah, I'm still. I got it. I can do this. Did you pull... 800 pounds? No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, but it was it more was than I should more have. More than I should have. <laughs> All right, uh, we have uh, 
Minka Fitzpatrick uh, uh, interview, and it is really insightful. Uh, we're going to throw to that uh, right now. Uh, hi, Minka. A two-part question for you. One, do you expect them to move you around a little bit more in the defense? But two, um, a lot of stars in other sports who are accustomed to uh, fan adulation said they're having some issues with being motivated without fans. Do you how do you anticipate that, that working out for you guys, you in particular, if there are no fans at a game? Um, to answer your first question, um, no, I, I don't really see myself moving around a whole lot. I think last year we, we were successful with what, uh, what we did. <clears throat> um, you don't really see any need for change. Uh, we might switch it up a little bit, whatever, whatever, but uh, I don't see my role uh, changing too much uh, besides just mastering what I've been doing and uh, making plays. Uh, to answer the second question, um, no, nah, I don't think there's there's any uh, – for me personally, I don't think there will be any lack of motivation because uh, you know, I, I go out there, I'm a competitor, so I'm going to go out there and compete at a high level, no matter what the circumstance or condition may be, uh, we are going to miss the fans and it will be different, like going out there and not playing with them or playing with however many people in the stands. But uh, for me, I know I'm going to be motivated, uh, you know, just as much, if not more, because I know that, uh, you know, it's a different environment. Other people are, might need that, you know, low spark or whatever. So if I got to be a little bit more vocal, if I got to be a little bit more uh, on fire for my teammates, and that's what I'm going to do. Mike Prezuto, DVE. Mika, we're seeing the typical give and take in practice between the offense and the defense. You guys had a pretty good night the other night. They've made their share of plays. What's with the preseason games? What will? Huh? The ones where they catch the ball. What will tell you the defense is ready without preseason games? What was the question? What will tell you that your defense is ready without having any preseason games? What, what do you want to see between now and the Giants game? Um, I think you know when you're ready, when uh, there's a, uh, not a lot of mental errors out there, not a lot of uh, lack of communication when everybody's flying to the ball. Uh, you know, there's no big, big plays or big mistakes happening. Um, stuff like that, uh, I think, I mean, because that's what, what defense is, uh, especially with our defense, the only time we get beat is when we mess up. Uh, there's not so many times where, you know, the corners aren't going to win 50-50 balls. They usually win those. Uh, there's not too many times where TJ or Bud aren't going to win a rush. The only time that big plays happen on us is when we make a mistake, you know what I'm saying, in the offense, you know, the type of offense that we have, you knowing Ben and everybody out there, they're going to take advantage of it. Um, I don't know if it's been give and take the last couple of practices, but <laughs> – Y'all are entitled to your own opinion. Joe Rudder, Trib. What, you know, I know it's a different situation because of coronavirus, but um, what's these practices been like compared to what you did the last two years when you're in Miami? More hitting, less hitting? Uh, you getting more work than you thought, less work? How's that going? Uh, Practice-wise, it's not too much different than um, any regular camp. Uh, I think the rules on hitting are a little bit different, but – uh, we're tackling uh, when we can. Uh, we're, we're hitting when we can. Um, we're getting just as much reps. Uh, I think it's like staggered now, but we're getting as, just as much reps as you would in a normal camp. Uh, so it's not 
it's not it's not too much different. Obviously, the just six and setup and stuff like that is different, but um, nothing's really different when it comes to just playing football and going out there for practice. Aditi Kinkobala, NFL Network. Hey, Minka. Um, now that you've had the full off season with this defense, how do you see your role changing in any way, and how much input do you have? Like, do you go to TA and say, I want to do this or I want to do that, or we as a secondary should do this? Um, it really hasn't been a full off season because we didn't have OTAs. We just had the last couple of weeks of camp, but um, you know, doing having you know these, these last couple of weeks, um, not I don't see my role changing too much. I'm gonna go out there, do my job, um, do what I do best. Um, and uh, when it comes to input, I mean, not not really. You could you could ask, but um, there's not really a point. We're playing well as a defense. We're communicating well as a defense. I'm doing my job well. Uh, you know, I might ask for other responsibilities. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not gonna ask. Um, unless I really see a need for me to expand my role. Right now, I don't see that. Will Graves, Associated Press. Mika, when you look back and evaluate last season, what what bothered you when you looked at film? What what ticked you off? What did you look at and say, man, I got I to gotta clean that up going into 2020? Um, personally or just as a team? Just you, you personally, your own self-evaluation. I don't think there's anything that really – that was like super glaring to me. Um, there was there was there were some plays where uh, some I worked on this off season was just coming out of my playing lower, so with more bend, especially when I'm playing like in the, in the middle of the field or in a half, because um, I don't want to have to when I when I try and come out of a break, I don't want that to bend and then come out the break. I want to just be able to play low and come out the break, uh, and with that, my breaks are going to be sharper, it's going to be less rounded. Uh, breaks, so it's easier. It's gonna be easier for me to get to the ball. Uh, you know, tackles are gonna be cleaner, stuff like that. So it's kind of like the trigger effect of just playing lower will affect a lot of different uh, parts of my game. Dale Lolly, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Hey, Mick, uh, I just wondered what uh, what you think of the guys uh, on the depth chart at the safety position uh, beyond yourself and Terrell. Who, who's uh, standing out there for you? Um. I think everybody's having a pretty pretty solid camp. Uh, you know, uh, Curtis has just came in and uh, you know he's doing a good job. Uh, he's making plays and he's, he's an experienced guy. Um, Antoine, same thing, a uh, young guy, but he's out there, you know, communicating, trying to learn every single day, asking questions uh, to the older guys, needing extra time, stuff like that. Danger, same thing. Like, he's a guy that's out there, knows what to do. Uh, he's not gonna make any mistakes, so. I can't really say anybody's standing out, but you know, they're all doing their job and getting it done. Mark Cavalli, The Athletic. Hey, Mika. Are you guys on defense under the belief that your offense can help you guys out this year where you might not have to force 30-plus turnovers and 50-some sacks? Uh, we still want to do that as a defense because uh, you know, last year we, we had a lot of injuries and whatnot. And we were down, but if we could do that same thing, you know, with Big Ben back and all the other guys back uh, making plays, I think, you know, we'll be an even even better uh, team. Uh, you know, last year we were a good team, and uh, you know, we were you know, missing some weapons on on offense. So if we could uh, still play to to that same tempo and create the amount of turnovers and sacks and stuff that that we did, um, you know, I, I think we're gonna be a great team. So I think 
even though we do have those guys back, we still want to do what we did last year, if not even better. Brooke Pryor, ESPN. Hey, Minka, I saw at practice last week, uh, you and Andy had a pretty uh, spirited discussion after uh, you tackled him on a play. How intense is practice in some of these battles that you get into with uh, guys like Benny or some of the receivers? I mean, just from your perspective, how, how intense does it get and how much does that help knowing that you guys don't have a preseason to kind of get that out? Yeah, uh, one thing that I, I really wanted to uh, bring into this camp um, and I didn't really know how it was going to be because uh, it's my first camp with them. But uh, one thing I really wanted to bring into this camp was that competitive nature. Um, I wanted to make it a really competitive environment where you weren't going to be able to get away with, you know, going half speed or not uh, not giving somebody your all. Because uh, say if on that play with Benny, I was just cruising and he was stiff arming like that, I wouldn't have been ready for it. But I knew what Benny was coming with. So I had to, you know, approach it the same as that way. So I think um, it's just an iron sharpened iron uh, type environment. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely beneficial for everybody because if everybody's just cruising and floating around out there, nobody's getting better. But, you know, everybody's out there flying around, giving it 110. Um, and, you know, we get chippy with each other because we're all, we're all the, the alpha type mentality and competitors. So uh, we're not going to you know, just turn over for anybody. So, uh, you know, it gets chippy. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we all have respect for each other because we're teammates. We're all, we're all wearing the same colors, but, um, you know, it's definitely a competitive environment. We're all definitely getting better because of it. Jim Wexel, 24-7 Sports. Okay. Okay, Minka, um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, is there a safety, retired or otherwise? You got me, Minka? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there a safety that uh, retired or otherwise that you admire, study, emulate, maybe, and why? Um. Yeah. There's a couple dudes. Um. Ed Reed was a guy that I really liked. Um. You know, this off season I broke down a lot of his film. Uh. You know, he just he was an athlete, but he also was an intellectual uh, when it came to the game. Uh. He did a lot of things to you know bait quarterbacks. He did a lot of things to, um. You know just learn the game. Uh, and, and with that, he was able to make plays that normal safety um, wouldn't be able to make. So Ed Reed was a guy, Brian Dawkins. I just love the way that he played, the energy that he played with, the passion that he played with. Um, and I'm about to start breaking down some Glover Quinn uh, film from Detroit. Uh, he's a really good safety that a lot of people have told me about uh, that, that I should watch. So I'm going to start breaking him down uh, sometime soon. Jeff Hawthorne, 93.7. Hey, Minka, uh, Tom Bradley was saying earlier today about how he wants you in that role at center field and how key that is. What about your attributes or your mindset or both make you good in that position? Um, I think you want somebody back there that is, um, one, can cover ground, uh, which I believe I, I do well. Uh, a guy that you know knows what everybody in front of him is doing because when you do that, uh, it allows you to play fast back there. Uh, it allows you just to react and not have to rely on, uh, you know, too much thinking. Um, I think it uh, relies on, uh, you know, it's a guy that you're the safety, you're the last line of defense. So you're not going to let things, you know, fly over your head and, uh, you know, let boss slip out the backfield or the running back slip out the backfield and, and make a big place. You know, you're a guy that's going to keep everything in front of him. You're not going to let the ball go over your head, but you're also um, going to be 
you know, aggressive. Um, you're not just going to let everybody catch up everything in front of you. You're going to make plays in front of you uh, while also uh, not letting the ball get behind you. So I think it's a combination of a couple different things. Great. Time for three more. Tim Ben's trip. Mick, I was uh, curious about your answer to Jerry's first question there about the decision maybe not to have you move around or change your role a ton going into the season. That seemed to be a point of interest of yours earlier in the offseason and maybe of the teams too. Can you expand on why you might keep things more of the same? It worked last year. And you're happy with that? You're, you're okay with that? Yeah, I was happy with all pro and uh, pro bowl. Yes, sir. <laughs> you, you think that, um, I mean, if you look back at some many of the interceptions you created and caused, uh, they were kind of targeting other players anyways. Was that part of the discussion? It was determined that you can still make an impact from back there, uh, regardless of yeah, whether – part of being a successful safety, uh, I had mentioned Ed Reed earlier, uh, is just being in the right position. If you watch a lot of Ed Reed's tape, uh, a lot of his tape is just him being in the right position uh, and balls being tipped to him, you know, forcing fumbles, taking the right angles. Because a lot of guys, if, if you're lazy back there, you know, I don't pay attention to a lot of the details of the game, but uh, one little step off and Edry is going to make that play. One little step against the Rams last year and I'm, you know, two inches off from catching the ball, you know what I'm saying, and closing the game. No, so it's, it's a game of details back there, and uh, it's really just about, you know, being – because, like, there's times where there's, there's drops, you know what I'm saying, where you don't make a lot of plays, but you still have to be in the right position because we make plays at safeties that uh, – just by being in the right position. The ball, we might not get the pick, we might not get the pass breaker, but simply by being in the right position and making a quarterback not throw to a certain area, making a, a receiver, like taking away a receiver out the game, uh, we make a lot of plays, you know what I'm saying? So everybody loves the big splash plays and the interceptions and the forced fumbles and stuff like that. But uh, as an elite safety or great safety, um, you do a lot of unknown things. And one of them is being in the right position. So uh, as long as I am keep being in the, in the right position and practicing the right way, then I'm going to keep making plays. All right. We actually have to get out of this room, so we only have time for one more. So we are out of time. He's Wolf Touch, and you're in the locker room. And that was Jacob. And Jacob does a great job. So long, everybody, and God bless. And you've been in the locker room.